Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. On our way out to Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location for the big Golden Tee Tournament. We had a call and a little bit of an audible today to start the show well you know we lose track of time you know our show starts at two o'clock and we did that i don't know a couple months ago yep yeah uh, but but practice over lunch you went oh crap uh well let's go to the station get things started and then and then we'll stagger over there uh <laughs> in the next hour hour and a half or so that's it so we'll be over there and in fact i think i'm going to leave here about 2 30 you're going to carry it i'll get over to slackers carry it while you get there so head out out to slackers the north star location because uh we will be there. We Big will. Golden Tee Tournament. Well, and, and, you know, the reality is James Pledger is going with us. Which oh, yeah? is always a little scary, and we had to come by the office and make sure he's dressed appropriately to take in public. Well, he's not, and he never is, but that's not the point. I just wanted to make sure he showed up for work today and call in sick because, uh, you know, he might be a little scared of our oh, Golden you, you, Tee you Challenge. You thought James Pledger was going to call in so he didn't have to face you in a video game challenge? I was, I was, I was worried about it, quite frankly. That's why I figured you were doing the show from studio, as you were scared to go out yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I can't wait to get out you know, to I came to work today. I forgot we were on location, so we just showed up at the studio. <laughs> what, what do you mean? That, oh, is that today? <laughs> is that today? So do us a favor. Head by Slack. It's 202. Yep. Grumpy ass Greg Shelton is by himself wondering where we are. <laughs> Grumpy ass Greg Shelton. And he's, he's probably happy we're not there. He's a little extra today. So go see him. Make him smile. Laugh at him. Make fun of him. We could do that even when we show up if you want to. That's fine. That's perfectly acceptable all day long today. Please, please do that. I mean, because I know Shelton showed up for work and then turned out the lights and was like, ah, we can't do anything here, boys. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We will be at Slackers uh, this afternoon, our big Golden Tee Tournament. Your opportunity to win a <coughs> foursome uh, for our golf tournament that's coming up on Monday. Now, we've been telling you we're close to sold out. Happens this way every year. Uh, we are. You still have room to get in because sometimes stuff happens. So a couple have dropped out. So you can take those spots. SASportsStar.com. 
Go get registered. Come play real golf with us on Monday. Come play video golf with us today out at Slacker's North Star location. They're on Rector right behind North Star Mall. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you think you're going to go out to Slacker's and uh, I shouldn't say you have no chance because you do, but there's some pros out there. I mean, some guys. So you're saying you have no chance? Well, no. So that's if literally you, what you just so said. So basically, if you want to play, you better <laughs> you better buy your way in. I, did you you remember those guys from last year when we did this? I did not realize some of those dudes can like spin that ball this way and make it go here, and they make money doing and, that. Yes, and 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 look, you realize when the guy shows up with a glove, <laughs> he does this a lot, especially that one particular glove. Mm. Okay. That sounds creepy as hell. He had a very uh, particular glove uh-huh. that he uses. Woo. Yeah, so does the dock. Similar. <laughs> Similar. It was a golf glove. It was a golf glove. Uh-huh. But you realize that guy's showing up at the bar for other reasons. Yes, yes. They're very good. And I tell you what, the show will be fun. I mean, just watching those guys is entertaining. But, you know, maybe uh, you're listening. You're heading out to Slackers. You think you're pretty good. Go for it. You know, well, Pledge just had a look on his face. I was going to say something snarky. But... <laughs> He's always got a look on his face. Well, the problem is, is he shaved his face. And he, so he now did. his looks are completely different. Dude, he looks weird, doesn't he? I, well, I don't he know. always does. <laughs> well, it, he does. But, I mean, without, without, the, uh, without the beard, he looks about 10 years younger. Yes. Right? He they're, does. They're going to cart him at Slackers. They might. They're going to cart him at Slackers. Nah, he's a Although regular he is there. wearing a uh, nice, cool Blink-182 hat. So. He's, a, he's a regular. I'll, I'll, I'll give him I'll give I, him that. Was, was that a gift, perhaps? That was. It was. That huh? was. Nice. Yeah, he's got good friends. <laughs> he apparently he, so. He's, he's got some some really good friends. Um, I, I didn't get a text this morning from Rob. I, I hope that Rudy actually delivered Rob's birthday gift today. Well, wasn't it Shelton who delivered it, or supposedly? He did deliver it. There was a note under the bag said, Happy birthday, from Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Rob's real, uh, uh, smart enough to know that uh, Shelton didn't buy him that bottle. No. Shelton so did Rudy did take all the credit for the birthday gift, or or did he uh, share the credit um, appropriately? Anybody know? I don't know, but we're going to have to find out the answer to that because you and I pitched in on that bottle. We did. So we did. We pressured Rudy into making a purchase. We did, but then we helped Rudy make the purchase. So uh, I, I want, I wanted a third yeah, of the credit. Uh, uh, well, that's it. I mean, uh, you know, a thank you. Yeah. Um, give me a third of a thank you if you just want to say thank. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and go you you uh-huh well i'm, I'm with fine. you thanks boys yeah whatever I mean, that's it yeah i'm I, just making sure that rob actually got it because i know we get we because you know not that we didn't trust rudy to make sure rob got but we the didn't bottle trust of four rudy. roses but <laughs> um it's kind of like dak in the red zone let's hand the ball off uh <laughs> we wanted to make sure that that rob got the gift so shelton delivered it and then the question was did he get it? Did he get it? Because Shelton was going to put it in Rob's office, which uh-huh. is a locked door. I don't know, you know, if Rob even goes in his office half the time. Um, his pop tarts are in there, <laughs> so yeah, he goes in there. He goes in there for the yeah, pop tarts, exactly. But also, would Rob notice a birthday gift sitting on his desk or on no. his chair? You know, because at four in the morning, the guy's just stumbling around looking for the pop tarts and then going back. I mean, he he might not notice that. 
He may not have, but we need to make sure that uh, surely Rudy said something. It was sitting right there in front of his microphone. Oh, so he so did we're see absent. It. So it's gone. Well, I, I I see no remnants. Is the cleaning crew already been in here today? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's why. Well, well I'm you, I fair enough. Kind of expected ha- a text or ha- something. Happy late birthday, Rob. <laughs> I did kind of expect it. Well, text. yeah, just a little. Hey, guys, that, that was nice. But I could also see Rudy wanting to take all the credit for himself. Well, Rob, Pat- I got you a birthday uh, present. Sorry, it's late, man. <sighs> I can also see Rob just forgetting completely that he even has it, and it's going to sit in his car till it evaporates and forgot to text you about it. You know, not Rob will do that with a lot of things, but nothing of quality. Yeah, I don't think uh, when Rob Rob has quality, he he's a very different guy. Rob has weekend plans now. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) although. They might have already started, which is why we haven't heard from Maybe them. so. I you wouldn't know? blame them at all. Absolutely. Oh, man. Lots to get into uh, today. You know, uh, when you have a bad game, you get criticized for an entire week. That comes with being a quarterback in the National Football League, yeah, yeah. and that's underlined three different times with Sharpie when you're the quarterback of America's team. Dak Prescott and that red zone offense – that is a glaring wart that the Cowboys have to take care of. How can they fix it? We'll dive into that next on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minix. On our way to Slacker's North Star location for our big Golden Tea Tournament. <laughs> so head that way. We'll meet you over there. Pledge and Joe going head to head for bragging rights. Um, on five thirty. Then, of course, um, you guys have a chance to compete to win a foursome in our golf tournament. But also, while you're at Slackers, you've got Thursday night football tonight. Now, you can always listen to that Thursday night game right here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star, presented by Yingling Traditional Lager. It's going to be a great game tonight between the Lions and Packers. You think it's going to be a good game? I do. You know the fact that the Lions our favorite at Green Bay for the first time since 1986 when playing the Packers starting quarterback is kind of a nutty stat. Boy, it really is. I know the Packers are a little bit banged up, but I think Aaron Jones is going to be back this week, and they're getting somebody else back. Their offensive line's a little bit banged up. But I just don't trust the Lions on the road, on grass, at Lambeau Field. I just I don't trust them. You know... They keep trying to tell us they're not the same old Lions. They do. They are going to have an opportunity to prove they are a different team. Again, Packers, Lions tonight here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. First game of the weekend, which means you need to get to sasportstar.com and get your picks in for our A Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Don't try to block me and try to keep winning, Pledge. I know you're up at the top of the leaderboard, (laughs) but I'm still going to tell people to go to sasportstar.com and get their picks in. Weekly winners get that $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware over on Thousand Oaks. Dude, I went in and and did my picks today. I just went ahead and did them since there's Thursday Night Football. I'm in eighth place. In eighth? Eighth, but I mean, it's like eighth, but I mean, there's well, a you're bunch tied of people. Because there's a whole, like, I'm tied for third with a gazillion right. people, and there's a bunch of people but tied for second. What's encouraging is uh-huh. I'm not that far behind. Well, I, I mean, that's it. All it takes is one bad week. It's only been three weeks. Or one good week. I had my bad week, week one, and uh-huh. now I'm steadily that's progressing it. up the ladder. Get your picks in, sasportstar.com. You know, 
red zone issues for the Dallas Cowboys last week wasn't a one week uh oh for the Cowboys when it comes to the red zone. They weren't good against the Jets. Well, the Jets have a great defense. Arizona doesn't. So is there a bigger problem? The fact that they have been in the red zone more than any other NFL team tells you the offense isn't broke. But when they get into the red zone, what's the problem? Is it play calling? Is it execution? A combination of both. And every show you watch is dissecting everything about the Dallas Cowboys. I saw a deal this morning on the NFL Network, and they were breaking down the problems with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And then Dan Orlovsky on Get Up was, dude, you got to get it to to C.D. Lamb. You know, Ferguson has eight red zone targets. C.D. Lamb only has two. That's a problem. But it all comes back to number four. It does, and we're watching. Uh, the, or, Orlovsky had a a piece of uh, a film clip, and uh, um, you see part of the problem. And I don't know, and and I, I I'm really wondering this. And as you look through there, because Dak Prescott, I think, is a little bit gun shy right now. He throws the interception. He knows every interception is going to be dissected and criticized, and all of that kind of stuff. But I think he's a little bit gun shy because the film clip that Orlovsky showed us. Uh, if Dak would have released the ball a little bit earlier, this is how I saw it. If he just a little bit earlier, he has a completion, I think, to either Brandon Cooks or a touchdown in the corner to C.D. Lamb. You know, and I think either would have been a touchdown. Here's the problem that I had with Orlovsky's breakdown, and it's on his Twitter. You guys can go look at it, and we can all dissect it together. Yeah, is Brandon Cooks is the inside receiver to the right, C.D. Lamb. Um, um, is over on the right as well. CD runs to the goal line and then breaks out. Orlovsky said Dak should have thrown that ball to the pylon, mm-hmm. but a third receiver over there takes that defender into that area. Now that receiver breaks back, but if if Dak throws the ball when Orlovsky said he should have, that defender was already towards the goal line and closer to the football at the time Dan said to throw the ball than CD Lamb. So I, I have a problem with, with that. Theory-wise, I agree with Orlovsky. Execution-wise, I don't know. Also, there were six defenders, five linemen, no tight end in that, in that formation, and they're coming, so there's zero coverage. My question, and we don't know the answer to this, did Brandon Cooks, was he the hot route? Because Dak did stare him down the whole time. Big time. He, he never was looking for CD in that corner end zone area. Could he have thrown CD open, maybe, or was that the hot route? But he did not release the ball until Brandon Cooks made the break. Mm -hmm. So did Brandon Cooks have the option, based on the coverage, of going inside or outside? Because Dak waited until Brandon committed and then fired the ball. Fell incomplete. The other part of that, that free rusher was coming, and as soon as Dak let the ball go, Dak was hit. He didn't have time for CD to get open in that stretch. So we're all looking at a piece of film, and I saw the same thing on NFL Network. They diagnosed it not completely different, but very different than what Dan Orlovsky said. Well, I'm interested to see because I did not see that clip. But what I saw, and and look, if C.D. Lamb is your guy, then Dak's got to trust him. Yes. He's got to throw that football in that corner and and know that C.D. is going to come down with it, regardless of how many other red jerseys there are around there. And if Brandon Cooks was the guy, look, I've, you see it all the time. And that's why I think Dak is a little bit gun-shy. He waited too long. He had a three-step drop, 
and he's got a fire right there. Didn't do it. He got. He finally threw the football, got hit, but he had a three-step drop. You go bang, 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 let it go, either in the corner to CD or across the middle to Brandon Cooks. Um, I, I just think Dak is a little bit gun-shy at this point in time. And on that play, you know, because they were five wide with no tight end, the, he didn't even look at the receivers to the left. Nope. Now, I go back to everything that we heard in the offseason, what we talked about when we were out in Oxnard at training camp, what we saw them working on is those routes are supposed to be in concert with the steps that Dak is taking on his drop back. So was that out of sync? Uh, because he did hold the ball is seemingly too long, although it was a bang-bang play, but he did not release the ball until Brandon Cooks made his cut. If he would have thrown it before and it's Cooks a makes the cut, that ball could have been right on him, which makes me wonder if Cooks had the option of going in or out and Dak didn't know which way Brandon Cooks was going to go. But see, that's a problem it there, a problem. too, because if, if he had an option, there's no way he goes right because there's already two other receivers there. So well, he CD had was, to cut it but, inside. But CD was taking that other I got defender you, but, out but there. But whoever that other guy was, if that was Ferguson or who it was, was still there. That's the guy you were talking about that was in the area. So He can't go right. He's got to go left. So, and I think that was the way it was supposed to be. Although if 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 he would have taken gone right and CD goes and breaks right, he takes that defender out of the area. And if he's got the inside leverage on the defender, he could have been open if he would have broken right. And and what I what I take from all of this is the route concepts are so cluttered with a shorter field that it just you might get a guy open, but the other guy is bringing a defender into the area, and and that creates clutter. Um, you know, it's like well, we there's talk- always clutter. It's not yeah, just well, not, for the Dallas Cowboys. Not, there's clutter for every team. Not all, but you but you can run routes where you're trying to clear some open space. I mean, remember we talked about it. You know, it's not like when you were watching the game, you felt like you missed somebody that was wide open. And our definition of wide open uh, and an NFL quarterback's definition of wide open or throwing a guy open, um, and and again, you know, Orlowski might not have been the best NFL quarterback. I, I We all know yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But I love Dan Orlowski on TV. He's smart. I, I think he's really good at how he explains. But on this particular one, I just completely disagree with, you know, I agree with his philosophy and his idea of what he was trying to say, but if he throws the ball when he said Dak should throw the ball to that corner for CeeDee Lamb to go get it, that other receiver, even though he did break back inside, at the time Dan said throw the ball, the defender covering that far wide receiver, he he basically walked him up. Hey, man, ball's coming here. All you got to do is... You know, go get it. I, I think well, that, that defender would have been there before C.D. Lamb would have been I there. I don't think so. Dak's got look. Dak's got to trust. He's got to let the ball go. You can't be gun shy. To me, that that showed me that Dak has got. He's thinking a little bit too much. And there's too much thought process there. And if if Brandon Cooks was the guy all along, he's got to throw that football before he makes that cut. He leads him right there. That's a touchdown. Either way, I think Dak hesitated just. A millisecond too long, and that's why that ball was incomplete. And and you got to trust CD. You have to if he's your guy. Quarterbacks throughout the years have been throwing footballs up into coverage all the time, and guess what? The good wide receivers come down with it. And again, I think about the Michael Gallup play, the CD play, where he did exactly what we're talking about. One CD was hoping for a pass interference. The other one maybe should have been, but either way, 
you've got to go get those as well. Um, the the other part, Ferguson, eight targets in the red zone. C.D. Lamb, only two. And I'm not going to knock Ferguson on that. I mean, you know, you would like for him to catch some of those. Well, he didn't but, drop them all. But, but at the same time, why aren't you trying to get the ball to your best wide receiver in C.D. Lamb? What it, it almost seems through three games, what are you doing, Mike McCarthy is the play caller, where you're only calling up in the red zone two plays for your playmaking wide receiver in C.D. Lamb? And one of those was a reverse that was a, a disaster. Well, I don't think that was a target. That was a handoff. Well, that's what I'm saying. I but mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it, that was dumb. The play calling in the red zone has not been has not been good. So you know that's got to be fixed. I'm excited to, to uh, talk to Stephen Jones today to get his thoughts on on what he thinks. I was looking at Tony Pollard, uh, thinking that he wasn't getting enough carries. Apparently, red zone carries from 15 yards in, he is carrying the football, only averaging a couple of yards a carry. Um, so may, that's an issue more so than I thought, but that's why we do research, Menix. Well, that's it. I mean, because it didn't feel like he was getting that many no, touches. No, it didn't. It didn't. But he is getting red zone carries, and I think, you know, it's the chicken and the egg scenario. I mean, they've had 15 trips into the red zone already this year. That's number one in the NFL, but they got too many damn field goals. So they're trying to run, and then in obvious pass situations, the other defenses are defending well. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. Well, sure, uh, that's it. And again, I and I, I know that you know everybody thinks I hate Dak Prescott, but from that just that one clip that I saw, he hesitated and it cost him. He did, but I, I, again, I I just kind of look at it and I know he hesitated, and I know it cost him. What you're saying is 100 percent true. I just don't know what you do differently. It's easy to say when you're watching film, let it go there, but. No guarantee that if he lets it go to try to get CeeDee Lamb in that corner, that that other defender isn't closer to the football but and gets an interception. You can't hesitate. You can't hesitate. If that, is that what he's worried about? Well, he's going to throw an well, interception? Well, if, he, if pre-snap you get an idea of where the coverage is, you know where the routes are, so you know where those defenders are going. You've made that decision pre-snap. I'm not going to be able to get the ball to C.D. Lamb in that area because it's going to get he intercepted. He never looked C.D.'s way. He that's, wasn't going to C.D., period. That's, he again, was going to Brandon Cooks the entire way. Six defenders, five offensive linemen, you're going with a hot route. Um, and either Brandon Cooks didn't read the hot route the same, which is a problem, mm-hmm. or the way Dak hesitated, because he waited till Brandon Cooks made a break, that tells me that that route, Brandon Cooks had an option, and Dak has to wait until he makes his commitment so he can let the ball go. I just don't see that. There's not enough time for Brandon Cooks to wait for Brandon Cooks to make a decision. But you You got to know where he's going, and I just don't think there's any way that Brandon Cooks had an option to go right. There's no way. It's the only – I mean, because we know that receivers have those. Dak hesitated. Dak hesitated. You throw the ball before he breaks. As soon as the break was there – he was he, open. he let the ball go. But that's when Dak was getting hit. You got to throw that football I, before he makes I, I, that break. I don't disagree with that unless the route that decision was on the wide well, receiver. Then, then, and then, that's a bigger problem. Then that's a Mike McCarthy problem yes. and that should never happen, especially when you know you've got a free rusher. 
Yeah. I mean, everybody knew it. Dak knew it. Everybody, because the guy was wide open. Yeah. There was nobody there to block him. But I, I just look, as soon as the break, man, that ball fired. Dak was waiting for C, uh, for, for Brandon Cooks to break, and then the ball left. And That's I'm, a I'm, problem. I'm, I'm with you. So is that on the the design of the play or the option, or did Brandon Cooks not read the hot route knowing that Russia was coming? Because Cooks was open. If the ball would have been there, he'd have caught it, and it'd have been a touchdown. So if True. there's if there's confusion between Cooks and and Dak, they need to fix that. And again, CD said there was confusion. They weren't on the same page all the time last year. That's exactly what he said. So yeah. there's an issue, obviously, in the red zone that they're not having between the twenties, but they're having it in the red zone. And I I can only hope that when they're watching film, they're having debates just like this. They're just in <laughs> positions to be able to. Fix it. Absolutely. Because none of us really know where the misread was. Was uh-huh. it the quarterback? Was it the receiver? Was it the play call? Which receiver? Only they know that. Uh-huh. Um, you watch Dan Orlowski, he's got an idea. You watch NFL Network, they have an idea. You look at all the other different former players, experts, or whatever, they all have different ideas because none of us really know what the play was and who the responsibility falls on. I do. But yeah, but Joe knows. <laughs> I know. The, Joe Joe knows all. Dak hesitated, period. It's all Dak's fault. Just ask <laughs> Joe Reinagle. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We're heading over to Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location on Rector Road just off of San Pedro, right behind North Star Mall. It is our big Golden Tea Tournament. We'll meet you out there at Slackers. If you're a Golden Tea type, we'll see you over there here in a bit. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. On Twitter, at Joe Reinagle 210. Tweet X at me, at Jason Minix. You could always dial up 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Joe's on his way over to Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location. I'll be over there in a little bit. So we got staggered flight times today. You know, it happens that way sometimes. And then James Pledger is going to be out there in a little bit as well, competing with Joe in the Golden Tee Tournament. You can also be in the Golden Tee Tournament. The winner gets a foursome in our golf tournament that is coming up Monday out at Olympia Hills. You can still get a team at uh, com and get your foursome in to the golf tournament. When you think about the Cowboys, and we'll talk a lot of Cowboys today, Jane Slater will join us in about an hour. Jane from the NFL Network at 4.30. Stephen Jones will be on, hopefully get an injury update with some offensive linemen. Zach Martin and Tyler Biotish both in pads today practicing, so it seems like they are trending in the right direction. Tyron Smith was not on the field today, at least when the media was allowed on the field to watch. Now, Tyron was in pad Sunday against the Cardinals, and they said could have played if needed. So maybe, maybe this weekend against the Patriots, the projected starting five offensive linemen will actually be on the field together for the first time this season. And when you think about the Patriots game this weekend, coming off of a crap game against the Cardinals, that defense has to play better. This Dallas Cowboys unit was put together to be a defensive-led football team. You look at the resources, 
the draft pick of Mozzie Smith in the first round. By the way, I'd like to see that guy actually contribute being a first rounder. But uh, you, you look at it and you think about the the issues that they had last week against the Arizona Cardinals. And it starts with a guy that was in the MVP conversation, and that is Micah Parsons, who, by the way, today was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Now, all those issues with Arizona, and they were there, there was a lot of them. Micah says, don't worry, all those problems have been fixed. Yeah, you know, we were just beating ourselves, obviously the penalties and um, people coming out of their gaps and things like that, but uh, everything's fixed. Um, <laughs> And, you know, everything's getting fixed, and we're looking forward to prove it this week. Mm-hmm. Every, everything is fixed. Everything is fixed. And it's still, we beat, the, we beat ourselves. They didn't beat us. Those were all self-inflicted wounds. The Cardinals get no credit for that win in the eyes of Micah Parsons. But it is, according to Micah Parsons, all on the players. Coaches can only do so much. I think, you know, the coaches can only do so much. They can put this game together, but it goes out to the players. Um I guarantee every person in that locker room is hungry and ready to fix it. Because as soon as we lose, we're like, man, what happened? we like, this happened. Hey, how are we going to fix it? And that's from everyone, all the leaders, even the guys coming up. Just like, man, you know, I think it kind of surprised some of the young guys because how good we've been. And I was like, man, this is the NFL. This is what happens. You know, any given Sunday, that's why you always got to come with everything you got. So, uh, so I give it to all the guys, man. We want to learn and we want to get better and we want to become champions. You know, I, I I love hearing that from Micah. There are some things that I've heard from Micah since Sunday that have bothered me. That I like because that tells me those guys were eating the cheese to steal a Jeff Trailerism. They were eating the cheese. They thought they could just show up in Arizona. They were the better team, and all they had to do was walk out on the field and get the win. And there, you know, that might work in high school. You know, there are times where you know a certain high school team, say the Judson Rockets back in the day, the Steel Knights, the Smith and Valley Rangers, they show up and they win. You know, there there are NFL uh, college teams that are that way. You know, the mystique of going in and at Alabama and getting a win uh, that doesn't work in the NFL. That that does not work in the National Football League. So if those young players, uh, including Micah, eating the cheese, if you will, and they got punched in the mouth, that was a wake-up call, that's it. But I do know that Micah is listening in meetings. I, I do know that he is paying attention because he uses a phrase that you know damn well was said by one of the coaches. Positives are failures that you always learn. Um, that You never really lose... You lose in a moment, and that sucks, but the positive, you always learn. So you just that's what I'm saying. You never want to take a double L. You never want to lose and not learn. You always want to lose and learn and fix your mistakes because that's why, I mean, we're human. I mean, we're players. No one's perfect. We played perfect ball, but, you know, last week just wasn't perfect. It, it wasn't perfect, the double L. Uh, learn from the mistakes. He, he's learning in those meetings with his coaches. He's, you know, and, and I hope so. I, I, I really do hope that they come out and they play like they did in week one or week two after getting embarrassed against the Arizona Cardinals. I hope that that was the wake-up call because Bill Belichick is coming in. And I know the Patriots aren't the same Patriots, but Bill Belichick is going to have a team that's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, They're a well-disciplined, well-coached football team. And Zeke is coming home. You know damn well that Zeke Elliott wants to have a nice afternoon on Sunday at Jerry World. Micah knows that Zeke is coming for him. No, but I feel like I feel like Zeke's coming for me because he used to tell me, he's like, 
lucky I'm not out there. You know, I really, I really get you. So, you know, if there's ever a matchup, I'm, I'm gonna be looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, Zeke did a conference call yesterday, and with with Dallas media, because he's coming home, it is a big deal. I'm sure there will be a nice video tribute to Zeke before the game. Um, there will be a lot of 21 jerseys in in the in the stadium, mainly because people don't buy new jerseys every year. Um, you see a lot of strange former player jerseys, and you go, well, you actually bought that. I get the Zeke jerseys. But it, it is going to be an interesting week for Zeke. You know, he doesn't know where the visiting locker room is. He doesn't know where, where, where you know, how to get to the field from that visiting locker room. He's never really had to do that. And you see that when players were somewhere for a long time and important to an organization for a long time, and then they come in as a visitor. Although Zeke is saying all the right things. He's not trying to make this week any bigger than any other week. Um, I mean, I keep saying it. It's just another week for me. Uh, not going to make it bigger than what it is. Uh, I want to go out there and play Patriot football. I want to go out there. We want to get better. We want to get a win. It's just the next stop on our on our 17-game journey. So. Yeah, yeah, just it's all the cliches. At least he said Patriot. Uh, yeah, you know, because I could almost see him, you know, talking to familiar voices with the Dallas media. Yeah, we just want to play. I mean, pay, uh, where do I play? Uh, what, 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 where am I? Um, he says it will be emotional. He at least admitted that. You know, I'm trying to keep it even kill. Uh, you know, I think just in any moment, in any, in any game, you know, how big or how small, you got to keep your emotions, you know, here. You got to stay neutral. Um, and, and you can't, you know, get too high, get too low. You got to stay neutral and, and realize you got, you got one job to do. Well, and, and I do think for, for Zeke, maybe early on, maybe with the video, um, but once they start playing in the game, all that's gone. I mean, I, I hope that we get some world-class trash talking between Zeke, uh, between Micah, between D-Law, some of those guys. But let's face it, how many carries do you think Zeke is actually going to get on Sunday? I mean, when you look at, at this Patriots offense, especially if the Cowboys can do what they want to do against New England, and that is try to build the early league lead, if they can make Mac Jones and that Patriots offense one-dimensional and put it in Mac Jones's hand, you know, that's got to be the game plan for the Dallas Cowboys. What we do know with the Cowboys is they can score. You know, throw last week out. Um, you saw that opening drive against the New York Jets. That was a thing of beauty. That drive, that opening drive against the Jets was fantastic. So, uh, and you know the Cowboys are going to want to do that. It'll be very interesting to see if the Cowboys win the toss on Sunday do they put their offense on the field first like they did with the New York Jets? Or do they put the defense out there to see if they could get that bad cardinal taste out of their mouth? I would like to see them, like the Jets, put the offense out there, go down the field, and get a touchdown. Let the offense set the tone because I think the offense needs that after what happened last week. Um, but it is going to be one of those, again, anytime you're playing New England, Zeke is getting a lot of attention. The defense is getting a lot of attention. It's all going to circle back to that Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, that Dallas Cowboys offense against a Bill Belichick defense, and what they're what they're trying to do is: are, are the Cowboys going to be able to run the ball? What kind of passing confidence does Dak Prescott look like he has? And again, last week you could question that. Although 
you know, Ryan Nagel's not here to argue with me. Dak didn't play an awful game last week. He was 25 of 40. He had 249 yards. That interception was inexcusable at the end. I have no idea what that guy was thinking when that ball left his hand because as soon as he threw it, I think all of us knew that ball was intercepted um, and, and going to be intercepted. The but, but Dak is a confident quarterback. The play calling, the being on the same page with the wide receiver, I do think there is some legitimate issues there. There is, you know, is he thinking too much in this new Texas coast offense? You know, are they going to get vertical and go over the top? Now, some of that might be the lack of offensive linemen. If Mike McCarthy didn't think that he could call a play that was going to take a while to develop to get receivers downfield to exploit the vertical game with the speed of a Brandon Cooks, with what Michael Gallup could do, what CeeDee Lamb could do, you know, all of that might be very well true. Although I thought that offensive line last week, Played pretty damn good, all things considering. But also, I want to see Dak Prescott rolling out a little bit more, move the pocket a little bit more. Down in the red zone, run a bootleg with a run-pass option. There's got to be other things you can do offensively that's creative, that isn't stupid, like running a reverse to a wide receiver to a side of the field where there's no blockers. Or a reverse with a tight end, who doesn't realize at some point you got to turn up the field to try to get into the end zone. So when you when you look at it, the idea for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I would like to see them get the ball first, march down the field, and, and go. I mean, I think that's ultimately what they have to do. What are you telling me, Pledge? Yeah, I mean, you're giving me all kinds of signals over there. Oh, is, is, is Joe's already at Slackers? Does he know he's coming I'm on here. at this point? I don't know Can that he knows me? he's coming on at this point. He wasn't supposed to come on until 3 o'clock. I think he was just testing the microphone to make sure that it all works. No, I think you were struggling. Who was struggling? You, and you needed a little help. That's why I'm here. Turn him off. We don't need any help over <laughs> here. It's the blitz. <laughs> now, man, you made good time getting over there. I did, man. The traffic uh, folks. You went, you went through three school zones, man. I'm glad you didn't sign any autographs. <laughs> I sure did, man. We had barreling through there. I'm glad uh, San Antonio's finest wasn't anywhere around. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so you've made it over there to Slackers. I'm here at Slackers, man. We're ready to party. Ready to party, and we're big, doing our big Golden Tea Tournament there at Slackers Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location uh, on on nor um, on rector right behind north star mall just uh, there off of san pedro um people can get into the tournament and win a foursome you have uh, about what 10 minutes to practice as you gear up for the one-on-one challenge with james pledger the question is how much practicing are you going to do Dude, I don't need much practice uh, to handle pledge. I mean, that's that's. Uh, but I may I may get in a, a hole or two over here. I got one right over here next to me, right to my left. There is one there. I know there's a couple in the back or one or two back there. But uh, I'll get in a hole or two during the break. You can count on it. All right. Well, we we, we will do that. We will count on it. You know, Joe, while you were um, driving over, talking about Mike and the defense, talking about Zeke Elliott coming home. Kind of like against the New York Jets. 
I hope the Cowboys win the toss and go on offense first, or if New England defers. I want to see that offense, like we did against the New York Jets, set the tone early. You know, I think that that needs to happen more than putting the defense out there to try to erase uh, that bad taste in their mouth from the Arizona game. Well, you know, I just think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think at this point, Jason, either way would work for me because I think that defense is kind of chomping at the bit to get back out on the field and make sure that uh, what we saw last week was just an aberration uh, and it's not the real thing. So I think either way it plays out, I think the Cowboys are going to be happy. But I, look, it, the way the Cowboys, that drive that they had, against the Jets, number one. I mean, that's the stuff that you look forward to seeing from the Dallas Cowboys offense. And and hopefully they'll get back to that. Hopefully, um, you know, everybody comes back to their senses. But I heard you on the on the drive over here. It is Bill Belichick. It is New England. And uh, they're going to play mistake-free football. You can pretty much count on that. And the question for the Cowboys, you know, the, all the penalties, uh, the discipline, Hopefully that gets cleaned up. I mean, Micah Parsons has said everything is fixed, so there's nothing to worry about here. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, BS. You don't fix yeah. all of that inside of a week, but I do think he admitted that they were eating the cheese, if you will, that, yeah, they thought they could show up in Arizona and get an easy win because they're the better football team. And I think we can all look at that, and if you need any help, just look at the power rankings. The Cowboys dropped no lower than six and all the major power rankings. So I think most of those guys that put those things together looked at that and said, that was that one bad game that every team seems to have every year. That's it for the Dallas Cowboys because they didn't look like the sixth best football team against Arizona. No, they didn't on either side of the ball. Uh, although there were some bright spots. We've talked about that. Tony Pollard, I thought, had a good game. Uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals can be run on. You can see that. But he had a great game. And it's just those red zone problems. And you, you have to believe that a lot of the practice time this week has been concentrated on inside the 20-yard line. Uh, so uh, hopefully those things will be worked out because they've got New England, which won't be a pushover, but you certainly want to have those things worked out before you have to travel up to the Bay Area the week after. You know, the the thing about the, the Eagles, they lost 25-20 to uh, the Patriots. They lost 25-20 to the Eagles, 24-17 to the Dolphins, and then they beat the New York Jets 15-10. to they're not going to give up a lot of points. I mean, you know, the Miami Dolphins only scored 24 on them, uh, and then they go out and they score 70, which isn't, isn't normal either. You know, the Eagles only scored 25. I just worry, as a fan, uh, the fan base, then you think about the team. If on that opening offensive drive they get in the red zone and we see Brandon Aubrey for three, <laughs> when does it become psychological for this Cowboys team? You know, that, that's a great point that you bring up there, and I could see that that's happening uh, already a little bit because the frustration when you get in that red zone is, is, is an issue. It's a problem. But it, what you said about New England is accurate. The thing that if uh, Cowboy fans think that the Cowboys are going to roll in here and put up, you know, a 40 to nothing spanking of the New England Patriots, I think they're, they're long 
they're missing out because the Patriots will keep this game close. I think the Cowboys will win it, but the Patriots will keep this thing close. I don't think there's any question about it, and it's going to come down to a fourth-quarter ball game. He's Joe Reinagle out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location. I'm heading that way. Uh, the uh, bag of Cheez-Its that you left here in the studio, do you want me to bring those to you? You're leaving those for Rob in the morning for his breakfast. Uh, well, Rob can have them. I mean, it right. goes along with that four roses just fine. Yes, that's perfect. I'm on my way out to Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hello, everybody. It is a Thursday afternoon. The Blitz. We're live at the Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar out here at the North Star location. Just off Rector Road, we are out here for a Golden Tee Tournament. And who knows what else is going to happen out here at Slackers. Always a lot of fun out here. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix, well, he's on his way out here to Slackers. We're kind of staggering things just a little bit. Had to do that because we called a little bit of an audible today. But we're here. I'm here. Jason's on his way. So you need to be here as well. Come on out and party with us. We're going to be out here for a while. And not to mention the fact that we've got Thursday Night Football tonight. The Detroit Lions visiting Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers tonight. That'll be a lot of fun and certainly pretty good place to watch a little football right here at Slackers. Again, the North Star location. Going to be a fun day without a doubt. Hey, if you haven't signed up for our golf tournament, it is Monday. And I understand we still have a few teams left. Uh, if you want to get your way in, if you want to try to win your way in, you can do that here at Slackers with this Golden Tee Tournament. The winning score today from the Golden Tee Tournament will get a foursome. So you can try it that way, or you can just go to sasportstar.com and sign up. Uh, it's 100 bucks uh, a piece for a team of four, $125 to sign up as an individual. So get that done. It is Monday. It is coming up before you know it, right around the corner at Olympia Hills Golf course nice place out there we've been talking a lot of dallas cowboys today uh even though we've been staggered just a little bit and why not look we're heading into new england week we got uh jane slater with the nfl network's going to join us here about 3 30 then stephen jones with his weekly visit to the blitz will join us at about 4 30 uh, to talk a little bit about the health of the Cowboys and what's going on in the red zone. That is a problem. It's an issue, and it's something that they need to address. And it wasn't just an issue last week. It was also an issue against the New York Jets the week before. So that is a problem. We'll talk more Cowboys coming up in just a moment. But first, so well, we always do this about 3 o'clock. We call it our headline blitz. Is Jason and Joe's headline blitz. Two guys. Two opinions. Never enough time. Yeah, the first headline I should talk about, I guess I was reminded by James Pledger, who will also be out here at, at Slackers, the North Star location, coming up here in just a moment, that uh, Jason Minix actually said something about Dak Prescott had a good game. Um, 
against the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm not sure. 25 of 40, is that considered a, a good game? I'm not sure. Uh, we talk, we were talking about a, a clip that Dan Orlovsky showed us, uh, uh, showed everybody on Get Up This Morning that uh, Dax just he seems a little gun-shy to me. So we'll talk more about that. Not necessarily a headline because, well, you know, the more things uh, don't change, the more they stay the same. And that's the case with Dak Prescott, certainly this year so far. But we want to talk a little college football because as I'm researching and going through today, I see a, a story that says Clemson and other ACC schools like North Carolina could reportedly be on the move to the SEC or the Big Ten. And they say sooner rather than later. And I'm kind of wondering, what does all of this mean? Because when the Pac-12 collapsed, uh, and, and obviously they're playing well and they're going to go out with a bang, no doubt. But when it collapsed, you figured, okay... The Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC are going to be your conferences. Well, now the big boys of the ACC are thinking about leaving. Now, where would they go? The SEC and the Big Ten. That's what's been named uh, as, as a landing spot. Now, Clemson and the SEC would be would be fun but south carolina is not a big fan of that they don't want that to happen obviously both of those schools in south carolina so um it, 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 there's a lot more movement happening in college football and my question is why i know it's all about money okay i'm not stupid i understand that but i mean my gosh it's all about money but you're going to have like two super conferences now, there's a lot of college football fans out there that listen to this show. I'm one of them, and I, I don't know if that's what I want, if that if that's good for college football. What do you guys think? I, I, I just don't know if that's good for college football, but to have Clemson and North Carolina and, and who knows who else of the ACC move out of there uh, and then go join one of these other big conferences is really – Man, it's a little scary as to see where college football is going. And the, the scary part about it is is that it, it, there's you just don't know. You don't know when the finish line is because they always seem to be moving the goalposts just a little bit, and, and that is a concern. I don't know about you guys, but I like a lot of trash talk. I'm a trash talker. I enjoy it, and I enjoy it when players do it, especially when they're in the NFL. Roquan Smith of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are headed to Cleveland this Sunday. That's obviously a rivalry. They don't like each other. But he, during his press conference, (laughs) basically says, look, they're going to go into Cleveland and they're going to kick their ass. That's what they're going to do. Now, if if that's all they're going to do, that's fine. But Roquan went a little farther. You're considered a bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over, like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you we going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death at that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. So uh, I think about it from that standpoint, and I'm just going in, you know, just like I prepare for any other game, play to the whistle, play physical, and hit anything that moves. <laughs> We're going to go in and beat them in front of their wives and kids. I love that. It's like going to another man's house and just kind of taking over. Now, those are fighting words. Are those words you put up on a bulletin board or a, a whiteboard or whatever there are in locker rooms these days and say, hey, this is what Roquan says. What are you going to do about it? I am hearing that Deshaun Watson, though, is a little bit dinged up and didn't practice 
no word yet on whether he's going to play on Sunday, but that certainly could make a, a difference. But that's a football game, the Ravens and the Browns, that is just a little extra salty. Uh, it always is. Doesn't matter what the records are, you know the the line. But they get a little extra salty when it comes to that football game. Then there is this: the XFL and the USFL have announced that they intend to merge. Now I say intend to merge because it's not a merger just yet. It has to be approved by all the government regulars, regulation folks, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and when I look at this, and Jason and I uh, on the Blitz last week talked about this because the possibility came up, and we were talking about it. And, look, I know Jason's a big XFL, USFL fan. I get that. Me, on the other hand, okay, it's it's all right. It's good. I, it's just not the same quality. I know it gives, uh, you know, some players another opportunity to try to get in the uh, in the NFL. I understand that. But for me, it's not like I'm going to sit around on March uh, on a weekend and, and, and watch games for either one of these clubs. But would a merger make a difference? Because I think what you're going to have there, some of these teams that are in both of these leagues, I think are going to go away. Now, I don't think San Antonio will, and we feel pretty certain about that. And Jason, who is more of the expert on this than I am, uh, seems to think that San Antonio, being one of the more popular uh, teams – in the XFL, the one that's attended more so than most everybody else. I th- in fact, I think San Antonio was second in attendance this year, only to St. Louis in the XFL. So I think San Antonio's safe. But some of these teams are going to go away. So you're going to have the best of the best coming in there. Will that make a difference if it's just one big league? You know, my concern is, is that the NFL is so big, so popular, that you try to compare the two. You can't do that, first of all, because there is no comparison. But I think people try to compare the two, and, and that makes it where it's a little bit unfair for the XFL and the USFL. But they are intending to merge, and uh, we'll see how that makes the league. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that whole thing and how this shoots out. Now, we're told that this could take up to 30 days before it's official. Uh, and then they can start getting their ducks in a row uh, for spring football as a one combined league moving forward. I can't imagine that this is not going to be uh, approved. I, I really can't. If both of the sides are on the same page and nobody's saying he stole that and I stole that, I think everybody else is going to be okay. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and, and, and I will give it a chance. I mean, I will. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I will give it a chance. But I kind of tend to side on I want to watch NFL football and everything else is just a step down. But then I say that, and then I love going out to, to watch the San Antonio Missions play baseball. So we'll, we'll give it a shot, and we'll see what happens. But this should be approved within, say, the next 30 days or so. And do you guys have a support animal? Yeah, we've heard these things on, on airplanes and, and, and things like that, that people are bringing peacocks and all kinds of stuff as support animals and, and this. Well, some dude tried to bring his support animal into Philly Stadium last night. The only problem is his support animal's an alligator. And that's kind of a problem, isn't it? You try to bring an alligator, and not only just an alligator, the alligator's name is Wally. So this dude tries to bring Wally into Philly Stadium last night because, well, it's his support animal. 
Now, I don't know where this guy's seats were, but if I see some alligator crawling up, I'm I'm leaving. That's the end of it. Well, I mean, the Phillies said no. Imagine that. You're not bringing an alligator into our stadium, and uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. But I, I, it baffles me. And, look, I know some support animals and, and guide dogs and all of those things are important to a lot of people, but don't you think we take it over the top a little bit? I mean, a support alligator? You got to be kidding me! He's going to support you right up until the time he bites your hand off. I mean, come on! And then what? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think some of these things you take it just a little bit too far. But uh, props to the Phillies for not letting this dude into the stadium uh, with his alligator on a leash. Oh my goodness! Hey, this is the Blitz. We are live out here at Slackers Sports and Arcade Bar, uh, the North Star location. It's right off Rector Road. Having a good time, a Golden Tee tournament. You got a, an opportunity to work your way, win your way into our golf tournament. Uh, so get on out here, party with us. James Pledger is going to be out here. Jason Minix just walked in the door. We'll give him some time to set up. But it is the Slackers Sports and Arcade Bar. It is the North Star location off Rector Road. And, oh, by the way, I'm being told by our promotions folks that we have a four-pack of tickets to the WWE, the SmackDown. When is that happening, Nick? October 20th. So you got to come out here, register, drop it in a box, and we'll draw a winner at the end of the show here today. Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location. The Blitz is here. You need to be here as well. Tony Pollard. Does he want more carries in the red zone? We'll ask him. We'll talk to him. That's what's going to happen when the blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's a football Friday on r r in the morning. We're joined by Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy at 645. Then R.J. Ochoa vlogging the boys at 730. And ESPN's Marty Smith and talking about his new book, Sideline CEO. And we got to ask him about those jorts at the welcoming of women. Now back to the blitz. Jason and Joe, y'all have a good show out there at Slackers. Uh, we always have a good show, Rudy, and we always have fun while we're out at Slackers Sports and Arcade Bar. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix at the Slackers North Star location for our big Golden Tee Tournament. And you can win SmackDown tickets. We made it. Well, and the question is, are you winning actual WWE SmackDown tickets or... You just get to watch Ryan Eagle smack down Dame's Pledger later in their one-on-one Golden Tee tournament. That's just a bonus. That's a bonus. Yeah, watch it. That's kind of the appetizer before the uh, the the entree comes out. Me smacking down James Pledger uh, on Golden Tee. So, I'm glad you realize you really are just an appetizer, never the main dish. Well, that's not true. But <laughs> well, you just here. said it. Pledge is kind of like a little shrimp cocktail, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why do you hate shrimp cocktails? I don't. I, I mean, love Greg them, Shelton would eat the shrimp tails. Oh, dude, don't even start. I, I mean, it, I try know. to forget that. Dude, there's some things you can't forget. That's just awful. I mean, just when you come out here to Slackers, if you get a selfie with Greg Shelton, he'll also give you a shrimp <laughs> tail. He keeps them in his left pocket <laughs> they're just slightly chewed on that's why so many cats love him yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's why he's able to have the best dog in the world because he carries snacks man that's just that's i don't even think a dog would like shrimp tails 
No, and the certainly, part. Yeah, certainly no. not Greg's dog. No. Uh, Jane Slater from the NFL Network will join us in about 10 minutes from right now. Stephen Jones joins us at 4.30 every Thursday. And, look, until they fix it, whether it's this weekend against New England, it doesn't matter if they beat the Patriots. If they suck in the red zone again, it's going to continue to be a part of the conversation with the Dallas Cowboys. If they get four trips to the red zone and don't get three touchdowns, you know what we're talking about next week? Well, they got to win, but red zone issues. Or they lost because they can't perform in the red zone. Tony Pollard who has had his fair share of red zone carries, says it comes back to discipline in the red zone. Uh, we got to be more disciplined. Uh, it starts with the penalties. That's what we got to eliminate first, and then just got to be better and execute. Yeah, and, I mean, that is a problem. And, and when you look back, penalties have been, a, have been a problem in the red zone. That's been part of their problem. So uh, I, Tony Pollard, though, I think is, uh, is, is right there. And that's got to be what they're talking about is discipline, do your job, let's go. Um, And it starts, though, with Mike McCarthy. And then, once that play's called, the execution. You know, and this is an area where you knew Mike McCarthy knew what he was getting into when he decided that Kellen Moore was no longer going to call plays that he was. You know, as the head coach with uh, Kellen Moore – as a play caller, a Kellen Moore that he inherited, although, according to Mike, wanted to keep him there for <laughs> yeah, consistency whatever. and all that stuff. Uh-huh. He always had somebody, although Mike McCarthy never played the blame game, but somebody that could deflect the responsibility to when there were issues about play calling. He would answer questions about it, but I think everybody knew what Mike was dealt when he took the job that you got a play caller and that there was that play caller. He's that play caller now. He's got to and has done a good job at this point of accepting the responsibility. But also, you've got to motivate your team. And that wasn't a motivated-looking team against Arizona. How do they handle this week when they're dealing with this kind of adversity? Well, that was just one game. You know, that, that game doesn't define us. You know, if we, if we won it, we'd be saying the same thing. So it's one game. We've got to move on and, and get back to work. Well, that's easy to say, and he's right. It is one game, although the red zone issues have been for two games. Yeah. So so that's been an issue. Um, again, I, I just don't, and I never will buy the line that the coach has got to motivate these guys. It just that it doesn't compute. Mike McCarthy doesn't have to motivate guys that are making millions of dollars to go out and play football. You know, I, I just said that, that just I, I, doesn't I, compute. I know that doesn't compute with you, right? But it's true. I mean, you played a clip of Rokon Smith talking trash talk. That is a guy that seems self-motivated. Micah Parsons seems self-motivated. But the Cowboys did not look energized and and ready to play. And I will say, Deion Sanders has said he doesn't want to coach the NFL because he does not think he can motivate millionaire athletes that are grown-ass men. Uh, That's exactly right. Which tells me that those millionaire athletes need to be motivated, and Dion doesn't think he can get that done. Well, you think if Dion can't do it, Mike McCarthy can? Well, he's a head coach in the NFL, but that is part part of his job. You know, every coach gives some sort of speech, and and coaches put a lot into their speeches and the different (laughs) things that they do to try to get through to their guys. So it is a part of the game. Should those players all be self-motivated? 
motivated? Absolutely. But all of us at some point, you hear that fire-up speech and you want to run through the wall. Every game that you go to at Jerry World, right before kickoff, they play a video of Michael Irvin firing up that crowd. And that crowd, the decibel level in there goes from down here to way up here because you get fired up when you hear that from a guy like Michael Irvin. Is Mike McCarthy getting those guys fired up to go run through a wall? Well, here, I've got an idea. Michael Irvin is is an ex-player. Yeah. Michael Irvin was a big star in the NFL. Michael Irvin probably did that in the locker room when he played. Yes. Where is that guy? Where's the Michael Irvin of this Dallas Cowboys football team that can give that speech so Mike McCarthy doesn't have to? You, you've seen those speeches. Half the time, nobody's even watching. They're on their phone. They're doing something. They're not fired they're up. they're on their phone, they're getting a fine. That's they're one of the rules you're not allowed to do. You don't think need, Jeff Trailer fires up his football? That, it's, team? it's apples and oranges. Well, what, what do you mean? It's, it's a coach firing up a team. It's How's a that? college team oh. compared to a pro oh. team. Although oh. uh, right now you can't really tell the difference, at oh. least money wise. Oh. Uh, look, wow. you've got to have. Where is that leader? Where's the leader in that locker room that's going to fire that team up? That's going to be. Is it going to be Micah Parsons? Is he the guy? Is it Dak Prescott? I don't know. I don't see that. Who is it that's going to fire that team up? Mike McCarthy shouldn't have to have that job. The it's coach's job. No, it's not. I, I, I mean, it, it's it, the leader of the team's job. Well, that's the head coach. He's ultimately responsible for all of it. Let's talk about it and those red zone issues. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joins us next here on the Blitz live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location on Rector, right behind North Star Mall. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryanagle. I'm Jason Minix. Live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location on Rector Drive right behind North Star Mall. Our big Golden Tee Tournament coming up uh, during the show and after. James Pledger and you, Joe Ryanagle, challenging in a one-on-one. Uh, and the winner tonight gets a foursome into our golf tournament coming up on Monday. Now, I know Jane Slater from the NFL Network is one hell of a golfer. But, Jane, how are you at Golden Tee, and what pointers do you have for Joe Reinagle? You know, I haven't played Golden Tee since my early 20s. but I always <laughs> So last week. Yeah, I wish. Uh, double that, boys. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit in the finesse, you know? Like, you always want to go really, really hard. You can't. You've got to, you've got to, like, really finesse, finesse it there. And I got to be careful what I say because I know how radio is and I don't need drops. That won't be a drop, Jane. That <laughs> won't no, be a drop. Thanks for <laughs> well, the advice, though, Jane. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I, I'm not much with finesse. That's the problem. It's it's oh, just I all disagree. out. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Jane Slater joining us here on the Buyers Barricades guest line. You think about this week for the Cowboys after what happened in Arizona. All the questions about the red zone offense and questions about Dak Prescott. Watching all the national TV shows, whether it be the NFL Network or ESPN, every analyst wants to put it on Dak Prescott or a lack of trust in Dak Prescott with the play calling from Mike McCarthy. What are you seeing and what are you hearing inside the star? You know, a couple of us have kicked this around, and I, I reached out to someone, and I'm waiting to hear back, but I tried to delicately put it when I asked, are you guys being 
overly conservative with Dak as an overcorrection to last year's interceptions because Patrick Walker, my buddy with DallasCowboys.com, put together this really great article where he was evaluating where some of these throws are coming, and he's talking about deep passes over uh, 20 yards, and Dak's not even going to the middle of the field, like not once this year. And so they have seemed like they're shorter passes. He has made some deep passes, but they haven't felt as efficient in years past seems like they're more comfortable just getting the ball out of the backfield to like guys like Kevonte Turpin and Tony Pollard right now. And, you know, Jake Ferguson is a curious target every time they get in the red zone. Like, I was shocked when I went and looked that Jake Ferguson has more targets inside the 20 than CeeDee Lamb, uh, Tony Pollard, and Brandon Cook combined. Why? Wow. And why aren't you using Hunter Lefty? So, I don't know if it's still – and this could very well be it, though, right, guys? Like, each game has had different conditions. Um, obviously, you started off with really wet conditions up in New York, so you really couldn't get the ball going. Uh, the Jets game, I, I don't quite know what to make of that one. This last one, I do think you have to at least acknowledge you are missing three of your starting offensive linemen. That's a big deal. And so I think that they're still trying to evaluate their personnel – but also some of these injuries, it's not an excuse, but I think it's part of the story. Well, Jane, I've got to ask you this, because looking at some of the, the shows, NFL Network included, and some of the throws that, that uh, Dak is making or not making, it looks to me, just from the outside looking in, that there are times where he looks a little bit gun-shy. Do you think he's thinking too much or too much on his plate, or what not to do, or, or just being cautious? What are your thoughts? I wish I could get inside Dak Prescott's mind. Uh, I think he's at that part of his career where he's still vulnerable, but he's not telling you everything, right? Um, I, I've got to think, like, everyone can say I'm mentally strong or I'm, like, I'm an emotionally, I'm emotional Teflon, but I've got to think those narratives last year are frustrating and the fact that they haven't been able to get, you know, this extension and then the Trey Lance deal. Again, I don't know if any of these things are weighing on him, but I think it would be very human of him to have it weigh on him. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of panic. and It doesn't feel like there's a lot of panic inside the building, though. When I was in the locker room today, it felt more like an outlier, and they didn't necessarily need a wake-up call that they're working on this. Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on the Blitz. And, Jane, as you talk about it, maybe it was an outlier. I mean, like, everybody um, played poorly last week. It felt that way, both sides of the ball. Micah Parsons basically said yesterday that, you know, they, you know Jeff Trailer here at UTSA uses the phrase, don't eat the cheese. In uh, the use of Jeff Trailerism, that's what they did. They read the headlines. They thought they could show up and just be the Cowboys and get an automatic win against Arizona, and they got punched in the mouth. But Mike has yet to give Arizona any credit for actually getting the win. Uh, it's all that the Cowboys beat themselves. Are you surprised that Micah, it's one thing to say it's Sunday in the locker room after the heat of the game, but then Monday on his podcast and when he talked to the media this week, he gives the Arizona Cardinals no credit for the W. I don't, look, I love Micah, and I love that he can't be handcuffed, but... I think you've got to give the Cardinals some credit here. I mean, they had a backup quarterback in Josh Dobbs who just got his jerseys in stores as a result of beating the Cowboys, (laughs) and you seemingly didn't have a lot of answers uh, for them. And so I think you have to give credit 
to the Cardinals. I think I look the Cowboys didn't play great, but you di- you had an opportunity to come back and you didn't get it done. You know, Jane, that's funny because Jason and I've been talking about this all week. I'm watching that game uh, last Sunday, and I never thought until the final gun that the Cowboys were going to lose that game. I always thought that as poorly as they played, that they would come back and win that thing. And then obviously it didn't happen in the the interception and there. And I'm not blaming Dak for the interception. Interception is going to happen. That that's that's there. But it just it just seemed like that 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 was it. That it was just the their their mindset was we can just waltz in here and and we're going to win this football game i mean they seem to be reading watching you reading newspaper clippings and 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 they got a little big-headed i think Uh, i don't know if they've they've gotten big-headed i would say that i they don't feel overly cocky i think they've been rightfully confident this year but i i what i think happened more last week is Trayvon Diggs is such a big part of that locker room, and it almost felt like when they lost Dak a couple of years back or Tyron Smith in that first game, it sort of rattled the locker room a little bit because it did sort of like, even if the offense wasn't clicking, you literally had what felt like a Super Bowl-winning defense. And it shouldn't have fallen off that much with the loss of one player. And I even talked to... Jordan Lewis in the locker room, and he, you know, he talked about getting used to the communication and the assignments after being gone for a while. And so, you know, and saying like, "Go be that dog that you are," and you know, some of it was mental. So I do think like asking Jerron Bland to step up and Jordan Lewis that had something to do with it. Jonathan Hankins and Mozzie Smith seemingly handled the Jets the week before, and Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, and then. I don't know. The run D kind of concerns me, especially heading into this week against Zeke. Um, but, yeah, I just – I think there was a little bit of an emotional letdown as a result of that injury. And I just – it's going to take a few more games for me to say this team got exposed or overly confident. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Staying with that that thought, losing a player the caliber of Diggs on the back end, how much does that affect the way Dan Quinn is calling defenses, knowing that you don't have a guy like Diggs back there uh, that, that could bail you out of some bad situations? Well, I think you're definitely going to have to get really creative, and he's shown us that he can, right? I wouldn't be surprised if he starts utilizing his safeties a different way heading into this one. I mean, it was even when I was talking to, uh, you know, the Cowboys say just about Bill Belichick and what he does this defense. And it was Dee Lamb who said, look, he'll play three deep safeties and take your wide receiver out. Uh, the Patriots don't really have a lot of receiving threats, per se. They, they lean heavily on their tight ends and their running backs. So I don't, I don't know if we'll get a really true test of really what this back half of the defense can do this week. Um, but I do anticipate of, of all the coaches put my faith in of figuring it out, it's going to be Dan Quinn. It's just I don't know what to make of this Texas Coast offense just yet. That, for me, is still <laughs> the biggest question mark. Because if your defense isn't going to play the way they did the first two games, your offense has got to step up a lot. You can't keep putting this on your defense to bail you out. Boy, that, that's a great question. Jane, you got to help me out a little bit. I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson, and I think he's going to be a good player in this league. But everybody seems to be criticizing him. It's like, we need Dalton Schultz back. We need Nobody this. Said we need that. No, everybody's been saying it. <laughs> what do you think about Jake Ferguson? Do you think he's played okay, played well, played poorly? What are your thoughts? 
I didn't think Dalton had that big of a year last year. I mean, am I missing something? I think he was a big safety blanket for him two years ago. But last year, I didn't feel his impact. I didn't feel his – and neither did the front office because they thought that they could move on with uh, Ferguson and with with Hendershot. I guess that the big question is, is Luke Schoonmaker going to step up soon, and how much would it have been nice to have Sam Laporta there? Oh, yeah, exactly. no, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, to be very clear and behind the curtain, Jane, Joe is a bigger Jake Ferguson fan <laughs> than Jake Ferguson's mom. And in any critical or negative comment about Jake Ferguson, Joe gets very defensive like a proud mama. So uh, he doesn't like the tight end room criticism that's coming Jake Ferguson's way this week or this season, for the well, record. they're also kind of. Well, they're also kind of forcing this ball to win, as we talked about in some of these red zone situations. So, when he's, you know, when it's when it's not working out, you know, obviously all the eyes are on him right now. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they're asking Jake to do too much too soon. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the the cop with Dalton, Schultz, I just Dalton Schultz two years ago we could have made the argument, but I felt like he was really sour last season over not getting that extension. And you felt it in the locker room. You felt it around the media. He just, he, he it was, I, I felt like maybe he was dissatisfied with Dallas. Jane Slater from the NFL Network, true. And I, other than Joe, nobody misses Dalton Schultz more uh, as, as you look at that. Now, you got to talk to Zeke last night, and I think Zeke said all the right things coming into this game. But when you were on that conference call with Zeke, how emotional, how different do you think it is going to be for Zeke in that visitor locker room and coming out of the visitor tunnel? I think one of the myths conceptions about Zeke is that, you know, he's, uh, you know, obviously there was the trouble early on, and then there was the issue of maybe he needed to grow up. The one thing his mom pointed out to me a couple of years ago is that Zeke is more sensitive than he lets on. And then the call, you felt that vulnerability a little bit. Like he said, I don't have time to get emotional and I might hide it well, but there'll be emotions. And I just think it's going to be a lot like one of like the most heartbreaking football life is watching Emmett Smith talk about having to play Dallas when he went and played for the Cardinals and how tough that was. I think that's going to really, really hit Zeke. I mean, I've even seen this with players that go to Washington or other places. When you are used to the Cowboy way and all the facilities and the way you are treated and the way you are taken care of in this city, it's different than other organizations. And so there's that component to it. And the fact that I asked him, because we haven't really talked to Zeke, and I was getting mixed answers from his agent this offseason, but I said, what kind of talks were there about bringing you back? And there were minimal. Like, the Cowboys had made up their minds. Moved on. So that's, that's got to fill us a type of way, too. Well, you know, Jane, I hope that he has found a home there, at, at, well, obviously, at least for this year. But I think Zeke's got a lot left in the tank. And I think he had a great game last week. And I know he wants to come in here and, and run the football well. But I know there's going to be – isn't there going to be a big uh, ceremony or some, some kind of a tribute to Zeke before uh, the game on Sunday? It sounds like I'm sure there'll be, and they've done this before, like a video montage or something along that line. I don't think it's going to be like he's going in the ring of honor. If he went in before Jimmy, can you imagine? Um, But I think it'll probably be some sort of video montage or something along those lines. 
It's going to be it'll be emotional. It'll be fun uh, to see him there, and I, I'd like to see him not score a touchdown on Sunday, but I'm, I'm <laughs> selfish that way. Uh, before we let you go, Jane, injury update. Uh, I saw Zach did practice today. So did Tyler, but not Tyron at Smith. Do you think this Sunday we might see the projected starting five offensive linemen? Well, I reached out to somebody about that, and they seem less less sure that Tyron Smith will play, and it sounds like there's still a possibility for Zach and Biotish, but it, it wasn't sounding promising when I was asking about Tyron, so we'll see. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Watch her there. Follow her on Twitter, X at Slater NFL. Jane, always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Appreciate it. The great Jane Slater on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. Now, as I'm asking Jane Slater that, the uh, Cowboys PR sends out a release that they have released linebacker Devin Harper, who's that idiot that got penalized on that long punt return that they have. They had to release somebody because Brock Hoffman has been elevated to the active roster uh, again, and he's out of practice squad elevation. So the backup center is now a permanent guy on the 53. They can't go back and forth on the practice squad anymore. uh, Yeah, so what does that tell you? They're worried about Biotish. I would think that they're worried about him. Although, Zach Martin did talk, and I've seen some uh, Dallas reporters say that he is very hopeful. He didn't say he's going to play on Sunday, but he said he's hopeful that he'll be able to. So when we talk to Stephen Jones, I'm sure he'll give us a little more of an update on those guys. But uh, it's important uh, because that New England defense is solid. They're not historical. They're not great, but they're they're solid, and they can play. So uh, the more offensive linemen starters you can get in the lineup but it doesn't look like tyron's going to play no tyron uh, was a dnp in practice today with that injury did not practice <clears throat> which Ty- just sucks doesn't it you know i, I mean tyler was limited chuma Adoga was limited he's got that elbow injury uh and zach martin limited uh both <coughs> cd lamb and demarcus lawrence uh, were full participants but you know with, with, with tyron smith um I, I, you know, I, 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 he will be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. But it he's might, not a Hall of Famer now. It might be time to start thinking about uh, riding off into the sunset. Now, the reality is the, the Cowboys drafted his replacement in Tyler Smith, and and he's there. I, I, I would like to think that Tyron Smith, dude, your knee's bothering you, sit down. We're not, we're not going to play you. It was, I don't want to say sad. I don't want to be overly dramatic. But it was sad. Every time <laughs> they showed him on the sidelines against the Cardinals, dressed, ready to go, and he's looking like he wants to go play but can't. You know, you show Zach Martin, you show Tyler Biotis, they're in street clothes. They know they can't uh, be in it. But, yeah, I mean, the, the think that your, your career, your great career is ending um, – now, granted, he is so much younger than, say, Zach Martin because he, he came into the league so young, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And we've talked about it. Uh, it at least two, it feels like five. You cannot rely no. on Tyron Smith to be their game in and game out for a full season and the playoffs. I would rather him miss a game in September, miss a game in early October, and be healthy in December, January, maybe even February. But 
you can't rely on him. It's 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 he's bonus. If he's available, that's a bonus. Well, what did he play? He played two games. Yeah. Uh, one and a half, and then yeah. he was out last week. Looks like he's going to be out this week. That's the problem, though, and and it's sad. You're right. It really is sad to see a great player, but Father Time's undefeated, and this guy just cannot stay on the field. He can't stay healthy, so I have to believe that uh, somebody's going to come talk to him and say, hey, Tyron, we love you, but uh, well, your days here are done. It, it kind of feels like, you know, this this would be it. Um, at, at the very least, as a projected starter, if he wants to do like Jason Peters and, hey, man, you come in and be a backup, somebody gets hurt, you end up starting. You know, I, I'm all for having him and his experience in the room, but you can't rely on him as a starter, and you haven't been able to the last couple of years. Uh, and, and like you said, father time uh, undefeated. No and, doubt. And it is sad. It, he, he's just young uh, uh, on our YouTube channel. Somebody said, yeah, it should have been done a long time ago. But when he's still, when he is healthy, he is still one of the best offensive linemen out there. That's sure. why you keep him around. But they do have the plan in place that his backup and Tyler Smith, they drafted his replacement. And I wouldn't be surprised. You look at the draft coming up uh, in, in April of next year, there'll be more offensive linemen drafted for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, there, there's got to be. There has to be. There's got to be. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, Stephen Jones will join us at 4.30 this afternoon. Uh, we hope to get a medical report, but I'm more interested in talking to him about the red zone issues than I am the medical report. But uh, uh-huh. we'll see how that conversation goes. Stephen Jones joins us every Thursday at 4.30. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy is on with Rob and Rudy on R&R in the morning every Friday morning, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. So they'll get a chance to talk with Mike tomorrow, and you really won't get an injury update there because Mike's answer is going to be, well, i got to see what they say in the training room today, (laughs) and he's on so damn early that doesn't happen. But the players did talk today, including Dak Prescott who is pissed off. He, he was, you know, not his normal self. I appreciate that. And uh, he had a line along the lines of, you know, somebody must have asked him about how pissed off were you. How do you measure that? A level of pissed offness? It's as high as you could be after the way the game went that last week. Guess what? Cowboy fans are pissed off too, Dak. Yeah. What are you going to do? Exactly. Come on. I don't care if Dak's pissed off. He says that all the time. He's got his liners that he throws in there. He's like, well, hey, we got to do better. We got to. I mean, you know, the guy's great on the podium. Yes. Why don't you do something on the field, pal? Yo, I mean, again, don't throw an interception late. It's not even just that. Oh, come on. What do you he's, want he's, him to? He's, he's not the guy. Show Jason. up at the house and make you a hot dog and he's get you a cold guy. beer too. You think he would? Dak? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might soon enough. Well, no. if he, well, he's not he bringing might. you up What are you saying? He'd be working at Costco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now give him time. All right. Well, I, okay, eight years is not enough time? Yeah, this is the year. This is it, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, until he gets that extension, this is the year to prove it. And it's funny that he hadn't gotten that yet. It's not really. It will, I mean, did you really did you really think he would have it yet? Yeah, you I thought not. so. Everybody, everybody. Well, I didn't want him to get it, but everybody seemed to think, "Well, it's automatic. It's going to happen. It's going to happen." Well, but not yet. The w- deadlines make deals. Well, okay, we're not close to a deadline yet. Wow, we're, we're not. Unless unless Jerry just said, "All right, man, how much do you want?" Well, he's not going to say that. He's not going to say that. And Dak has proven 
he's not just going to take whatever offer is sitting in front of him. You know there's Selfish an offer there. Bastard. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you were uh, in every contract negotiation you've ever had. Uh, oh, you want to pay me that much? Okay, I'll, I'll take that. Well, uh, you, sure. you never asked I was always never, thinking about, you, you, well, what about Bill Taylor? Yeah. Do we have enough for both of us? Uh-huh. I was always thinking that. Joe Reinagle, <laughs> liar on the Blitz, here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Live on this Thursday out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. North Star location. Golden Tee Tournament later for a chance to win a foursome in to our golf tournament. That's Monday. And we'll Monday. tell you now, Monday, our at golf tournament after party is going to be at the new Slackers location there on Thousand Oaks. Now, I just want to say that I, I went over there during the break, played a hole of Golden Tee. Yeah? Easy birdie. Easy birdie, huh? Easy birdie. Nick Trey was my witness. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, yeah, easy, bro, easy birdie. N- does Nick Trey know what a birdie is? He knows what a I birdie is. I mean, you is. could have bogeyed and told him it was a birdie. No, he was watching. So it's a par four. He knew that. Uh-huh. And it took me three shots. That's a birdie, Nick. Okay, there you go. Uh, because he just shot you a bird, and I think those are two very different things. Nick is a very nice guy. He doesn't do that. He understands sign language. Yeah, but he's not like that. He's, I, I, I mean, he's more of a, a two-finger peace sign. Well, he gave of, you half of a peace sign is what he did. He didn't. See yeah. that? Look at him. Yeah. I like longer shots. Uh-huh. That's what it boils <laughs> down to. While you were over there... Uh, golden teeing it during the break. Uh-huh. I, I do what a, you know, professional hosts do. We continue to research to get the latest information <laughs> out there to pass along to the audience because nice. I know the answer that we've all been talking about since Sunday's Kansas City game was how did Patrick Mahomes' wife dealing, deal with not being in the spotlight with Taylor Swift at the game? Well, according to TMZ, Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes spent a lot of time together at that after party that Travis Kelsey threw. They really hit it off at Kelsey's private post-game party, according to TMZ. The two chatted a ton at the at the bash at one point, even took a shot together, although they failed to tell us what kind of shot did they take. Well, that's a little less important than the fact that uh, is Patrick and, and Travis in trouble? I mean, maybe, you know, the Swifties going to have a song about her. Well, I, I mean, it's possible. Now, um, <laughs> she's going to the Jets game this week. I know it. Taylor Swift is. Ticket prices have jumped 70% because she's going to be in the building. You know, that's the dumbest thing that I've heard. Exactly. The chances of you seeing Taylor Swift at the Jets game are about slim and none. <laughs> Unless you've got great seats already and you've already paid for them. But if you're sitting in the end zone... And you got to pay fifty bucks more for your ticket. 
That's just highway robbery. Uh, your binoculars? I mean, uh, you know, I think any guy with a concession cart going down the uh, hallway, somebody's going to stop to see if there's food in there or Taylor Swift hiding out because, you know, there are unconfirmed rumors that she exited the suite in Kansas City in a popcorn machine, which <laughs> is which is comical. Uh, but at the party... Uh, and there are photos from inside the party because TMZ gets photos from every, oh, anywhere yeah, yeah. Uh, with Taylor's arm draped around Travis Kelsey. Um, but ironically, uh, there was a line in this article that they were they said after the game, let's keep in touch, uh, which, which could be interesting. And then, of course, now we know she's going to the Jets game. So let's keep in touch with who? Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes? No, wife? no Travis and and uh, Taylor apparently parted ways with a let's keep in touch. Wow! So this was just all casual. Well, it almost seems like it might be more of the publicity stunt that so many people think. I don't know that it is. If she's going back, maybe Roger Goodell is paying her. Yeah. Please come to every well, Kansas City Chiefs game. Look, Taylor and Travis are dating. Brittany and and Taylor Swift. They're going to keep in touch. But, I mean, remember the, all the memes? How is Brittany handling the attention not on her? Right, in the box, right. it was all on Taylor. Uh, yeah. she She's now, like, in the official Swifty inner circle. Wow. I'm, I'm just looking at the picture now of uh, uh, Taylor Swift's arm around Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I'm uh, happy Swifty. for the guy. Well, it, 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 <laughs> I, I'm guessing that photo was post-shot. Um. And in one of them, it looks like she's actually snapping her fingers at somebody. Well, she she actually looks like uh, she looks like she's had a couple. Uh, she's a part. I mean, well, I'm just saying, if you look, and I'm not opposed, I'm not mad at her. Uh huh. But uh, and, and and Kelsey, she's got his, her arm around him, and it looks like he's on his phone. Well, of course he's on his phone, uh, dude. Get off your phone. I, I mean, what do you mean, get off your phone? Well, you got he's, Taylor Swift all draped all over you, you know, and you're on your phone. He's going home with her. He still has to check how his fantasy team did. So, do you think when well, he's down there, he's saying, "I'm going to get a shot." He's got the camera, and she's there, and see, not from that angle. Well, I don't know what uh, he's doing. Uh, Dude, I mean, stop if, it. if he's trying to take a selfie, well, he's holding his phone down by his lap. She's draped over. All he's going to do is get a picture of inside her nose. Uh, if he thinks he's going to dance that relationship, and he's got that photo, it ain't happening. Well, you know that would be an unflattering <laughs> angle for Taylor Swift okay. or anybody for that matter. Just go with me. Oh, here we go. Now, maybe Travis is just a little excited that uh, Taylor Swift's got his arm, her arm around him, and he's just kind of, you know, got his hands down here, and he doesn't want. Uh, so you're saying that he probably shouldn't stand up, especially that, in the exactly. outfit that he was wearing. Well, exactly, and it might. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen his X-ray, uh, <laughs> dude. So. She, I don't know, but he could be just like, uh, wow. Um, I don't think that's the case. You there. don't think so? I, I don't think that's the case. Not right. there. I think he's checking his throw, fantasy football. I'm just throwing it out there. Just get off your phone, I dude. think he's probably texting his brother, dude. I'm a, I'm, tonight's I, tonight? I'm with Taylor Swift. Tonight's tonight? Uh-huh. Wow. How, how was your game, bro? He's really going to yeah. be a Swifty. Uh-huh. For sure. Good Lord. I'm a Swifty. <laughs> that's well, not like Travis Kelsey. No, definitely not. He's a Swifty Swift. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Stephen wow. Jones will join us in about 20 minutes live here at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bars where we are. Come see us. Come hang out. Get involved in the Golden Tee Tournament that will get going around 6 o'clock. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location. Our Golden Tee Tournament coming up a little bit later. I've been practicing. You have been practicing, although I need to clarify. Our golf analyst, Nick Trey, said that you got a hole-in-one, but it took you two shots. I, I don't quite understand <laughs> what he meant by that. Well, yeah, what he's looking at, it wasn't a hole-in-one. It wasn't? No, no, it wasn't a hole-in-one. But there was a par four where you could hit it over the water. I hit it on the green off the tee. Yeah, yeah. So, made the eagle. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know what Pledge is thinking. You could always just stay there, Pledge, and bow out, and I certainly understand. Uh, yeah, like every good golfer that uh, is a weekend hack, all the good shots are left on the driving range. Let's hope that's not happening to Joe Reinagle out here at Slackers. Plus, we have Thursday night football tonight. We've got the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star, presented by Yingling Traditional Lager. And, and what a great day for us to be out at Slackers. Uh, you got Thursday night football tonight, and, and today is National Drink a beer day. Dude, somebody please tell me who comes up with this crap. I, I have no idea. I saw something on uh, scroll by, and it said National Drink a Beer Day. So I Googled what is today celebrating. At, at Thursday, September 28th is National Good Neighbor Day, World oh Maritime Day, World Rabies Day, Remember Me Thursday. You say and Rabies National Day? And National Drink Beer Day. Did you say rabies? I did. How the hell is it National Rabies Day? I, well, I mean, everybody gets a day, apparently, and uh, rabies and drinking beer are all on the same day. Uh, you know, come drink beer. Just be careful what you get bit by later. Yeah, no kidding. So, see, I get all in trouble, right? Because you the, you post the other day, it's National Daughters Day, uh -huh. and Maggie posts, you know, to her daughter, National Daughters Day. Yeah. I didn't post anything. Well, of course you didn't. Well, You're a like, crappy dad. Well, it's like, who the hell? Who knows? You know, at least if it's Father's Day or Mother's Day, you know what day it's coming. Well, it's like literally on your calendar. Right. But this Daughter and Son Day and National Beer Day and Rabies Day, it just it's like somebody wakes up and says, huh, I feel like having a beer today. Well, Let's just make it National Beer Day. Well, it's it's National Drink Beer Day. Who am I to argue with that one? Well, every uh, day uh, is that, well, isn't it? I mean, well, every day is Drink a Beer Day, but today is the National Day to Drink a Beer. Dude, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, I mean, who cares? I mean, don't get well. Obviously, I mean, I mean, don't get fired up with that. Just say, all right. Well, I'm at a bar. I'm at a great bar like Slackers. Let's drink a beer and celebrate. Do I need you to put a Facebook post to uh, I don't know, Flight by Yingling? Yes. I love you. Yes. I've grown up with you. This is fantastic. You know, I you think, are the best beer ever. I think a lot of people probably will do that, Joe. You should not, because if you post about your love for beer after not. Not posting about and celebrating your daughters on National Daughter Day, you're going to be in more trouble. And look, am I the only clown that didn't post on look, National I, I, Daughter look, Day? Yeah, you're the only clown that didn't, and I'm one of the billions of sheep that went, it's National Daughter's Day, I guess I better post. Holy uh, shit. Did uh, Erica uh, even say thank you? Oh, of course she did. She did. Huh? She did. And, and I got a message. 
thought you almost forgot. Uh, no well, way. I, I did forget, but I saw other people doing it. And then apparently National Suns they followed because, you know, apparently all the sons got jealous that their 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 sisters were getting posted about. See, that's what I mean. Now, is it going to be the same day every year? I, I want to know. So well, National I, Daughters I, Day was I, what, Tuesday? Actually, it is the same day every year because my Facebook memories, uh, I, I, I could have just reposted something that I posted many years ago. Well, you uh, know, Hallmark's not doing a very good job of reminding I, me about this stuff. Well, I don't think that's Hallmark's responsibility. I think it is. I blame Facebook for that because Facebook told me the day off because people posted. They didn't give me a dance warning. You know, it's like celebrating a birthday. I wouldn't know it's somebody's birthday if Facebook didn't tell me. See, like, for example, yesterday we were doing our show at Texas Cheer Liquor. We spent five hours yesterday with their owner, A.D. Today I wake up and Facebook tells me it's his birthday. I didn't know it was his birthday yesterday. I didn't know it was it's today. It's today. But, but he yesterday, never said. He could have said. Yesterday when we were there. You know, we could have taken one of those samples and made that a birthday shot. Well, I blame Rudy. Oh, well, you think that? Why do you? Why is it always somebody else's fault in your world? Because I blame Rudy J. I why? mean, because it, he should have told us that. He, he had plenty of time to talk to AD yesterday, yeah. and he should have. He should have told. I, us. I, I think it's AD. You know, hey, uh, you guys are talking about getting that bottle for Rob for his birthday. You know, my birthday's tomorrow. What are you going to get me? Well, AD's not going to do that. He, he's not going to. He could have dropped a subtle hint. He could have. He could have. Hey, my son's baking a cake for me. Yeah. Why, A.D.? Well, it just so happens. Yeah. Tomorrow's my birthday. I, I mean, like, you, your birthday's not until November. You know how I know that? Because you subtly mention about eight or nine times in the course of a week that your birthday is coming up. November, in November. November 4th, by November the way. 4th, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The four roses would be nice. Eve, on the 4th, four roses. Perfect. Is that work yeah, for I'm you? Just, I'm just saying. Are you dropping a subtle hand I, I'm now? just saying that so you don't have to think about it. Well, do I have to get you the same thing that we got, Rob? Or do you give a damn? I don't really give a damn. But, I mean, something nice. I mean, you know, you got shoes for your birthday from Rob. I did. That was... I got a gift card from you. Exactly. <laughs> what was it, 10 bucks? What did I give you? Was it that much? <laughs> to Starbucks, and I never go to Starbucks. Starbucks? I wouldn't have done that. I know better than that. But, you know, maybe like a, I don't know, Chuck E. Cheese or Willie's <laughs> or something like I that. I might have been a pizza place. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my. Uh-huh. Speaking... I just these whole days, they just drive me nuts. Well, whatever. It is National Bink- Drink a Beer Day. Rabies Day. Really? <laughs> I mean, look. Did Ginobili start that? I, 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 I mean, but he probably celebrates today with the cold beer. You think so? I would hope you so. You think Manu drinks beer? Uh, yes. I, I take him more of a wine guy. He drinks wine, too. Yeah. I, you think he drinks beer, I really? do think he drinks wow. beer. Well, Manu, come out and drink a beer with us. And celebrate National Rapies. <laughs> exactly. Manu's <laughs> yeah. like the poster guy for I, that. I don't know how you celebrate rabies day quite honestly i don't want to know i'm just reading you what google tells me wow you see google turned 25 years old i did not how did we, Do we have to celebrate that too well, i mean google did they told us they were 25 years old that's how i know that they just celebrated their birthday had to post that on facebook what did we do without google i don't know actually i do it was a dictionary. Remember all those people that used to come door to door and try to sell you the encyclopedias? Yeah, I probably bought a set. Uh, yeah, I I, well, we all bought a set right? of those. Oh, fancy books on the shelf so you look smart yeah. in the living room. And you never opened it. It never opened them.
Wow. Boy, how things have changed. And I don't know how we get around anymore without our phones. Uh, or, or, you know, how we did it back then. We had those maps you buy at the gas station. Well, remember maps. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sitting there drawing it out to see if we go here to Hondo and <laughs> take a ride on FM oh, You didn't do that. Are you kidding? It was uh, go down to this street, take a left at the 7-Eleven, then take a right at whatever that store was, and you'd find your way around. You just knew where the hell you were going. Well, well that's it. You, you know, paid attention. Driving down, uh, you know, San Pedro and, you know, take a ride at the Bill Millers or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, I that, that's how directions used to be. I don't know what the hell we would do now. We are we are all hooked on our telephones. We are. For see, a variety of see, things. See, it's, it's like tomorrow you're going to be live out at Roundtable Pizza. I am. Uh, Roundtable Pizza at 842 Northwest Loop 410. Who the hell knows where that is? But if I say the Park North Shopping Center right there at Blanco and 410, you know exactly you know where, that is. where it is. Now, I'm going to be at a high school football stadium tomorrow. Joe is going to be at Roundtable Pizza from 2 to 6 as they are celebrating their one-year anniversary. Pizza, wings, garlic twist, beer, uh, they have it all. So tomorrow when you're looking for something to do, Go see Joe over at Roundtable Pizza. Come see Stephen Jones joins us coming up next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minnix out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. Absolutely, Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. We are having a great time out here. You need to come join us. We're at the North Star location. It's right off of Rector. Why are we here, you ask? Well, why not? First of all, that's the answer you're looking for. But we're having a Golden Tee tournament, and it's the stakes are big. Because, well, uh, you can win a foursome into our golf tournament on Monday. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So you come out here and you can do that and uh, and enjoy a Thursday afternoon with us. And absolutely, it's going to be fun. And there is going to be a head-to-head competition between James Pledger and uh, Joe Reinagle um, here at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. But as we do about this time every Thursday, we visit with Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, who joins us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Stephen, always appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, coming off of a loss like last week, always a tougher week, and lots of questions about the struggles in the red zone. When you guys are meeting and dissecting the issues in the red zone, are you finding it more about the play calling or the execution? You know, I think it, whenever you look at something, it's it's everything. It's execution. It's play calling. It's it's uh, you know your strategies. Everything that can go into that, uh, you take a look at. But uh, you know, sometimes you can read too much into things. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, no one ever makes an excuse because everybody deals with injuries. But of course, uh, you know, offensively in the red zone, we were, you know we were without three of our. Uh, top five offensive linemen, and actually Tyler was just coming back for his first game after not uh, being able to do a lot for three or four weeks with the hamstring. So, you know, there's a lot of things to look at there, a lot of things to unpack, but at the same time, feel really good that, uh, you know, it's certainly something that uh, we think we can remedy in quick order. 
You know, Stephen, when, when we look at it as Cowboy fans from the outside looking in and, and you watch a, a Dak Prescott uh, you know, operate in the red zone, does it take some time or do you think it's going to take a couple more games perhaps for he and Mike McCarthy to really get on the same page? I don't think so. I think we're, uh, it's, it's a good thing. I think they're on the same page. I, I, as you said, I think it's a matter of executing. I think it's a matter of uh, you know, just getting uh, – uh, you know the right time, right timing on everything, and, and you know, as I said, I, I mean, a lot of what we're wanting to do this year is we want to run the football, and you know, down in the red zone, the other thing that's happened to us is we put ourselves, you know, with negative plays, whether it be uh, a negative play for lost yardage or penalties. You know, we end up facing you know second long down there in the red zone, third long, and you know that's a difficult position to. Uh, uh, you know, to have success if you put yourself in that position. Steven Jones of the Dallas Cowboys joining us here on the Blitz, the home of the Cowboys here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. As well as the defense that played in the first two games, as you were sitting there watching the game, were you just in disbelief that the Cardinals were able to do that to your defense? No, I mean, I, hats off to the Cardinals. I mean, their uh, head coach there uh, had a lot of experience against us, and uh, you know, uh, hats off to his game plan, and you know, I think ultimately we we got everything adjusted to. I think the second half, uh, you know, we played much better on the defensive side of the ball. We gave up some big, big plays in the first half. Of course, we had the one letdown, you know, at an inopportune time when we were trying to stop them, get the ball back, and they make another run at it. We turned a receiver loose on a on a big, big play, and then of course defensively, unfortunately, we were. Uh, you know, they converted some of those big plays in their red zones into touchdowns. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, hats off to them for having, uh, you know, a good game plan. I think we ultimately responded to it. And, you know, it's kind of a journey uh, in the NFL when you're playing 17 uh, regular season games and feel real good about, uh, you know, how we'll respond and uh, move forward in a very positive way. Stephen, can you give us any update on those offensive linemen? I know a couple of them uh, were limited today. Tyron Smith didn't practice. Uh, can you give us any update on their availability for Sunday? Yeah, we feel really positive uh, that, you know, we're going to get a couple of them back, and uh, hopefully that will be the case, barring any setbacks. And don't know that we'll get them all back, but, uh, you know, uh, getting a couple more back to join uh, uh, Tyler, who's, who's come back, and Steele would be a – you know, a big plus, and you know, at some point here, I don't think it's too far around the corner to where hopefully we'll get, you know, all five of uh, uh, our people we thought would be starting for us this year to have them all on the field uh, at the same time. It's certainly uh, important, as you well know, in the offensive line to get that continuity, uh, and certainly helps the offense in terms of executing and uh, making things happen. Of course, I'd rather see them all healthy uh, November, December, January, <laughs> right. February than maybe September, early October. Stephen, with the uh, Patriots coming to town, Zeke Elliott has a bit of a homecoming. I know you've gone through this with many players that wore the star on their helmet and when they come back, especially a special one like Zeke. I know he said all the right things in a conference call yesterday, but from a personal level, does it get a little emotional when you see a former player like that coming back? Absolutely, and uh, especially uh, stars like Zeke. I mean, he did has done so much for this organization. Nothing but much, much respect for what Zeke Elliott stands for. Certainly know he'll probably play uh, at the very top of his game. Uh, usually is the case when we see 
uh, you know, players that have played for us in the past and we have to play against them. Uh, as you can imagine, they usually play at the very top, top of their game. But, uh, you know, no one uh, has m uh, more respect for Zeke than Jerry, myself. Uh, I know our uh, Coach McCarthy and his staff and our players, uh, you know, think it's absolute uh, tip-top uh, in terms of uh, – what Zeke is as a man, what he is as a football player, and what he's done for the Cowboys. And at the same time, know he's a great competitor and know he'll do uh, anything and everything to compete and uh, help his Patriot team in any way possible to uh, to win a football game. So it's going to be, uh, you know, we got our hands full. We're playing uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time and Coach Belichick, and uh, know he'll have his guys ready to play. Know Zeke will have his A game, and we've got our work cut out for us. You do, but hopefully next one we're talking and we're talking about how you guys beat uh, those Patriots. Stephen Jones, always appreciate the time. We'll visit next week. Great being on, guys. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys joining us here on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. Yeah, I find it interesting, you know, I and, and, and kind of expected the answers when we press them on the on the red zone that, that you know, that everything's going to work out and all that kind of stuff. It, it's got to be a concern to those guys and uh, uh, and Mike McCarthy as well, but I think it, it's it's – Obviously, you can work that out. you got too much talent on that offense not to work it out. But it is concerning what's happened the last couple of ball games. You know, it, it is, although I think one of the uh, – of all the people that have talked this week representing the Cowboys, between Jerry, between Mike McCarthy, and now Stephen Jones, he said not excuses. But when you're missing three offensive linemen, that does limit you. And we don't. We I haven't heard any of us uh, analyst types take into the account uh, what a negative play does to every team inside of the red zone. And as he said that, and I'm thinking back. Okay, a penalty there. Boom. Now, now it's that much tougher inside the red zone. A run play that was a a loss of yardage. Boom. There was one with Tony Pollard, and obviously the one with C.D. Lamb. And when you have a negative play in the run uh, in the red zone, it almost feels like. You know, your chances of getting a touchdown are gone. It's always a field goal, whether you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys or any team. Well, and especially if it's a goal-to-go situation. Yeah. And you find yourself at the 20-yard line, goal-to-go. Uh, yeah, no, no, there's no doubt that's tough. But, again, that's stuff they've got to work out. I mean, that's just dumb. Right, penalties in the in the red zone, penalties when you're about to go into score, and and the fact that the Cowboys had what 13 that were accepted, 16 I think total. Yeah, 13 um, accepted penalties. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location, which is behind North Star Mall on Rector, just off of San Pedro. Really easy to get here. It's not hard at all. I need to get out here because not only are we having a lot of fun, folks are starting to come in. As we get off work, we got a Golden Tee Golf Tournament uh, that, that's about to happen. I've got a grudge match with uh, James Pledger that's going to be happening a little bit later. So... Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement out here. It is a lot of fun, although I, I've got to ask you about your golden tee abilities. Uh -huh. And we'll get back into what Stephen Jones says, because during a break, I was told that you got a hole-in-one 
with two shots. Now, you explained that earlier. I did. But Nick Trey texted me and said, Joe actually swung and missed. How the hell do you miss the ball on a video game? Dude, I don't know what Nick is smoking over there, but I don't know what, how he heard that. You don't swing and miss on Golden Tee. Come on. I, dude, I was five under. I played five holes on five under. I don't know. I, well, didn't you have an eagle in there, too? No, so, I missed that putt. Well, so you said you had an eagle. Well, I was bragging but a little. You, uh, so you lied. Well, not now, really. I mean, you were I, trying I to use. stretch the truth. Uh, uh, well, I, again, you, you tried a foot wedge uh, on the golden tee, and it didn't quite work out for yeah, you. Yeah, five under after five holes, okay? I, I don't know. What do you want? I, I, I would take that. Of course you I, I would. Mean, pledge would be eight under. No, he won't. I, uh, that's what he tells me. Well, he can tell you whatever I, I, he wants. I, look, and Pledge has already left the building. Wow. Has he? Uh, I saw him. He's changed clothes. I can uh, see him. He which, <laughs> which is unfortunate that we had to see that on our video. Yes. Um, and what Halloween season is here. You want to see skeletons? Shirtless Pledge <laughs> was right up there. In fact, dude, one of my neighbors already has Halloween stuff up. Really? Already. Why? I, 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 why? I don't know. Is that Hal? No, it isn't Hal. <laughs> it, it's not, actually. Uh, is your... Is your you, you on my street, the stop sign before you take uh-huh. a right to uh, that house right there. They already put up stuff, and they they uh, must have done this like last night or the night before because it just appeared. Well, look, I went to Guns and Roses, so I don't really know on Tuesday. I, I didn't get home until after midnight. Um, I don't recall seeing it yesterday, but I did see it today as I was leaving work. I'm like, what the hell are they doing already putting up their Halloween stuff? And who has time to do that during the week? Uh, well, that's a good point. But, dude, it's October. Sunday is October 1st. It is. So, I mean, we're in Halloween season. And then after that, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, I went into Home Depot. A couple, I was last weekend, I guess. Halloween stuff and well, Christmas stuff. Yeah, Halloween stuff has been up at, like, the Home Depot and the Lowe's since August. Jeez. But when it actually gets put up. And it's like Christmas lights. You know, at what point do your Christmas lights go up, right? I'm, you know, you, you think about You do I, Christmas lights? Well, I, of course I do. You do? I do. Christmas really? Eve. I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> Christmas Eve. <laughs> Greg Shelton and his Charlie Brown Christmas tree probably exactly. gets put up on Christmas Eve. There's no there's no Christmas lights at Shelton's house, I can promise you that. I don't put up Christmas lights. All right, I, I like right, to do for the, the, for the inside. Record, of I don't put them up either. We got a guy. Somebody's doing yeah, it yes, for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, my brother does it. I guess that's a your neighborhood thing. Well, you know? I think that one guy probably puts up the lights for the majority of the neighborhood i I just uh we we do the inside big time and then you know my brother thought it was funny one time we maggie and i came home and there's this blow up chevy chase how you know christmas vacation thing in our front yard so we'll put that up it's really cheesy but you know it's 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 cheesy But it's fun. But you don't so, put lights on the front no, of your house? I don't put lights. And we'll do some stuff on the front porch. And well, what about when the grandkids come over? Dude, I don't want to put lights up there. And <laughs> I don't want to pay somebody well, to put lights I mean, up but, there. Uh, you don't have to, but you can pay somebody to do I it. I just said I don't want to pay cheap, anybody. Dude, That's come exactly on. right. Christmas. Dude, so some dude's going to put lights on my house for 30 days. 
and charge me whatever they charge to put them up, and they come back and take them. Down. Yeah, but they look a then lot. Then I got to buy all the lights. It looks a lot. Well, you can buy them from him. I mean, it, it's turnkey. But also, I mean, you think about it. Uh, like, like we got an email, um, and, and honestly, I have no idea the dude that puts up our lights. When we first moved into the house, uh, our neighbor, Hal, they used the guy, and they were like, hey, the guy's coming to put up lights. You want them on your house, too? Sure, why not? You know? And, and so they always book our stuff through Hal. And I got a text from Hal's wife, Amy, the other day saying, hey, they want to put them up in October. I'm like, no. October? <laughs> well, you get it done cheaper. There's a discount oh, if you I'm get sure it done cheaper. But I don't want those things on my house in October. Uh, Thanksgiving is the appropriate time to turn on Christmas lights. Although. Well, the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, they, well, yeah. Friday, the, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, although you could turn them on Thanksgiving night if you want. But I mean, there's that, there's that kind of unwritten rule that thanksgiving although when erica was little and living at home and she loves halloween that's her favorite holiday we had so much crap that was outside on the house and the yard all of that except for yeah you know um one time we had one of those big inflatables get knifed so i stopped (laughs) spending money on on that but I, i i look at that the amount of work that it takes to put all that stuff up you kind of want to get more than a month out of it. So I could see the guy that has it ready the last week of September for October, so they get a full month's worth. Look, but, they, you know, if you're putting that stuff up October 15th, what's the point? Well, I'm just saying, you know, what's who, who makes the rules? If I'm going to put that stuff, why can't we just leave it up all year round? Well, I just leave it up. You don't have to turn it on, there, there's but na- leave it up. Well, I, 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 there's neighborhoods that allow that. And then there's neighborhoods like yours with an HOA that doesn't allow you. They don't to allow do you that. lights up. Uh, Charlie Hernandez on our YouTube says his wife put up Halloween stuff September first. You know, his wife did it. Charlie didn't do it. Well, wow. I mean, let, let's be honest. Most of all the decorating crap our wives do. So if, I got if it were up do. to us, there wouldn't be anything out there. Now, once the calendar turns October, so up in our attic. Uh-huh. There are sections. Uh-huh. There's a fall Halloween section, and there's a Christmas section. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go up there and get all the all the uh, fall all the Halloween stuff. stuff. Uh, 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 Halloween stuff. Well, it's kind of. There's little pumpkins and, uh-huh. you know, wheat straw and, uh, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know what I'm talking I, about. I will have to go get out of the storage shed in the backyard all the Christmas stuff. And you worry about rats in there or anything? And- no snakes, uh, maybe snakes, but no, no. I'm, 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 I'm just wondering. I mean, th- man. Thanks, man. Although they could be up in your attic too. Yeah, I guess they could. They, be. They, I mean, they could be it's up in your attic. A little harder for them to get up in the attic, though. Yeah, uh, but but honestly, well, that's that's why I put them in the storage shed. I don't want to climb up in the attic. I don't mind climbing up in the attic. Yeah, you got that little ladder that pulls down. Yeah, I understand how yeah. ladders work. Well, but, I mean, see, what you don't understand is is you know you get those big old container things, right? Right, I've got those. And, and like, Joanna has so many of those things. And then it was like, all right, if we're going in the attic, they they got to be smart. they they got to be able to fit it up the ladder and into the, uh-huh. into the entry, right? And that's a pain in the ass. Oh, dude, it's an, it's an adventure. <laughs> it's way too much work than it's worth. And the problem with all the Christmas decorations, I don't know about your house, but I'm going to assume that we all have this problem. Every year there's new things that are bought. Well, sure. But nothing gets eliminated from the Christmas stuff collection. 
So we just keep adding to the little whatevers and the this and the that. And so then there's another container, right? Uh, and the weird thing is they know exactly what is in there. Uh-huh. If you tried to just lose a, one of those container boxes, like just throw it away. Like she's not going to miss this one. She's going to know. She's going to miss it. I mean, because all our towels are going to change. In every bathroom and in the kitchen, every towel is going to change. And then all, all, all of this stuff. All of these different that, things. It all happens. But I don't even have to guess. Maggie's got it written on the top of the thing, right, on the box. Christmas, Halloween, well, fall. But it just says Christmas, right? But is there inventory of she what's in exactly that box? exactly what's exactly. in Exactly. Yes. I mean, the way it is packed, uh, the way it is, you, know, you get in trouble for not helping, but then you get in trouble for helping because you're putting stuff in the wrong container. No, it's great because all I have to do is take it down out of the attic. Yeah. Maggie takes over from there, which is great. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with but that. You, so you don't get in trouble off. for not helping even though she really doesn't want your help? She doesn't want my help. That's she's still made newly that, She's up. made that very yeah, clear. There's going to be time where now you're going to... Put up the Christmas tree, right? Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm not much for the decorating it. She does that. And you talk about that's another thing. <laughs> How about the ornaments oh, for yeah. the Christmas tree? Yeah, those, those don't go away either. Dude, but my uh, tree, you can't see a, any green on it. No, it's nothing but no, no. It's it's uh, but it's beautiful. It's I, I love it. Of course, uh, I, I, when it's all said, Maggie, done, I love it, dog. Yes, it's when it's all said and done, <laughs> you love walking in and seeing it. It's just the process of getting it done. I like Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, you know, it's just the holiday season, as well, it will. Because you like to eat. Well, I do, the, the, but the, I do the, that year-round, so it doesn't the matter. The drinks, the Christmas parties, they're all fantastic. All of that. All, all of, of the above. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad we got that off our chest. Not at my house. <laughs> Craig Shelton. Grumpy-ass Craig Shelton. See, here's the thing. And, and I know I'm not supposed to say this on air. I've known you a long time, Greg, and you've always said don't. But Greg's got one of those houses that's one of those Christmas wonderlands in the front yard. Right, right. Everybody stops. Uh, he's playing the music all uh-huh. the time outside because engineers like to build stuff. And they like to see stuff work. And so Greg acts grumpy. And he doesn't go outside and intermingle with the kids that are stopping to see and admire his front yard and all the decorations. Uh, he's not near as bad as that old guy that used to live off O'Connor, uh, that, you know, his whole house, everybody would tour it and all that kind of stuff. But Greg has more stuff in his front yard and on the roof of his house. But it's more just the electronic stuff that he gets to play with. I could see Shelton, though, in a sleigh dressed up as the Grinch, and then poor Josie's out there pulling the sleigh. Well... I mean, he, he doesn't have to dress up as the Grinch. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, because I remember one time going to Greg's house, and I was like, dude, I'm stunned. Well, you know, I don't tell anybody, but, you know, it's, it's all about building stuff. And he got some things from his parents, and he added to the collection. But his whole yard is completely decorated, and it's the only time of the year his whole yard doesn't look like crap. Uh, like, if he could keep Christmas stuff up year-round, he would, because he wouldn't have to rake a leaf or, or, or pull a weed well, or I'm mow gonna, the brown grass. I'm going to have to be treated make, to this I this make year. the Wincrest, City of Wincrest Christmas lights. In comparison to my house, they look like a, a desolate See? 
parking lot. You would not have. Wow. Sp- you would not there, have figured that. You know, I yeah. would not have in my. I would have lost all kinds of money. I on had that to bed. get special permission from the city of San Antonio for some CPS to run all my stuff. Well, I, and again, because during Christmas time, because. Greg and I have had this. He has to let CPS know that he's plugging in all his stuff because he's going to pull three and a half more watts than he normally would uh, during uh, during Christmas time. I got to go by and see this. I mean, does he charge admission? No, it's a it's a public street. He doesn't have a wow. gate. There's no HOA. All right, but you know, you drive by Greg's house any other time of year, and you think it's well, uh, just. You know, a, abandoned lo- house. a lonely old man who <laughs> just, lives alone. But around Christmas time, he's the creepy lonely old man ah, that lives alone bringing, with all kinds of things to attract kids in the front yard. Just oh bringing my. joy and happiness. Huh? That's what that he does. That does sound creepy, just to attract kids. <laughs> For the Christmas Yeah, life. that's right. Yes. I mean, on the weekends, he's a mall Santa. I sit on Uncle Greg's lap. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryanagel. I'm Jason Minnix, live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. Our hour or so away from getting our Golden Tee tournament underway. So you're getting off work. Come by here, uh, Slackers. Your chance to win a spot into our golf tournament, which is coming up on Monday. Looking forward to the golf tournament. If you can't make it out here to try to win your way in, I think there's just a handful of teams left. Uh, I think, at least earlier today there was. That could have changed by now. But go to our website, sasportstar.com, and uh, click in there. If you can get in, you can get in. That's it. If it will take your money, then you're in. Because I, I do know, I mean, we were uh, yeah, down to the wire, and then, you know, stuff happens. Uh, somebody that work-related had two teams, so that opened up some. So you got time to get in there. It's 100 bucks a person to play with your foursome. 400 bucks. It's on a Monday. The weather is going to be fantastic. fantastic. And it is always such a great time. Now, i got to ask you a question. Joe, you just said in SportsCenter, looks like the Rangers are going to win the AL West. Um the Astros beat the Seattle Mariners last night uh-huh. eight to three. Yeah, with that win, as they go into Arizona for the final weekend, uh, the Arizona. Well, see, Seattle's still battling for their lives. So last night's Astros Mariners game was so pivotal for both teams that Seattle is going to do everything they can because the wild card. Uh, sure, so, uh, you know, I think the Rangers would have to sweep Seattle to still win, assuming the Astros take, you know, at least two this weekend from Arizona. Now, the Rangers have a a two-and-a-half game lead over your Astros, Uh pal. So the Astros are screwed. But if they finish tied, the Astros have the silver boot and the tiebreakers. They're not going to finish tied. I I mean, they could. Well, they could. It's amazing. I could win the lottery tonight. It's not going to happen. But it's amazing that after 162 games that they they could actually finish tied. Look, all, all the Rangers need to do is split. They get a split with Seattle. They're they're in. Well, you they're realize the with three champs. games, you don't split. 
Well, they're, they're kicking off a four-game oh, series. Oh, is four I just said that okay. literally right now. Oh, yeah. Isn't that what you always you tell actually, me? You actually, literally right now you actually I just said just that. said that? Yes, a four I did. Game series I sure with did. The Mariners? <laughs> Even better. Even better. Four-game series because it kicks off tonight. Oh. Astros have the day off. They start their final Dude, series Dude, it's tomorrow. a Thursday. I'm thinking football, man. We got of Lions course. and Packers tonight here on 94 San Antonio Sports Star brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Now, you think about... Uh, baseball playoffs, which yeah. are always a lot of fun. Uh, you want to stay locked in on the radio with what's going on with all the play-by-play for all the playoffs all the way through the World Series. ESPN AM 1250 uh, is going to have uh, so much baseball, playoff baseball over there on uh, AM 1250, our old home. Absolutely. So, including Astros, by the yes. way, and Rangers and all of the above. So, yeah, that, we're your home for the Major League Baseball playoffs is AM 1250. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, You know, I like – I'm still an old baseball guy. I like the playoffs especially. I think playoff baseball is a lot of fun. So, But I'm, I'm kind of with you in the respect that, you know, we're, we're kind of – in the middle, right? You got the baseball season's ending. You get going into the playoffs. The basketball season's beginning. But man, we are knee deep in the middle of football season, and that really is all that matters right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm with you. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I'm I'll be all baseball. You know, it's like last night. Uh, Mariners and Astros. Of course, my wife's from Seattle. That's a fun one to watch. Right. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk some Astros baseball and Houston Texans football in about 10 minutes with the great John McClain when he joins us on Twitter at JCGM114. Just tweeted at Joe Reinagle210, at Jason Menix, at SA Sports Star. Some beautiful pictures. Of meat on a grill. Yeah. And this guy's got a lot going on, all kinds of different things on his grill. Uh, this doesn't get you into the contest. Yeah, I like looking at those tweets, but you got to take those pictures or one of those pictures and upload them at sasportstar.com, the Grilling with the Blitz page, if you want to be in the running for that $50 gift card to Tri County Meat Market, which we are going to look at and judge here in, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Before 6 o'clock, we will do that. I don't know. But, uh, yes, please put those up because I'm getting hungry just looking at this guy. He's got steaks, a little sausage. It looks like. Uh, some uh, asparagus wrapped with bacon. Um, Still doesn't. And, uh, and asparagus. some shrimp in there as well, yeah. it looks like. Uh, yeah, some so. good old surf and turf. Yeah, that looks that Good looks looking fantastic. stuff. And again, though, you've got to upload those to sasportstar.com. And while you're there, also get your picks in because we do have Thursday night football tonight for the A Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Uh, weekly winners. Uh, get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the year, whoever wins the whole thing gets $1,000 worth of tickets to awesome tickets. And that's pretty awesome. It is. you say? It I, is I don't know. Did awesome. you make your picks today? I did. So did I. I did. Who did you take tonight? I I took, uh, I'd have to go back and look. Oh, come on. Well, because I'm in a couple of different pick'ems. One is straight up. One's the spread. I took the pack tonight you took i'm going against the grain i think everybody else thinks detroit's gonna win this thing but uh, i i just have a feeling the packers will pull it out at home you think the pack uh, look detroit is favored in green bay yeah for the first time since 1986 that's incredible (laughs) that's incredible look detroit is the hot pick they're the kind of the sexy uh football team and everybody thinks that uh you know they're gonna win that division and they may 
they might win it. And and Green Bay is one of those annoying teams that just continually wins that division or has for years uh, because of Aaron Rodgers being there and all of that. But uh, I, I just think at Lambeau Field, man, they're going to take care of the Lions today. It's going to be a good game, but I think they take care of them. Now, I don't want to say anything, but you can look at my picks over the shoulder. Yeah, well, you're going to lose that one. Literally, I took the Lions. I know. You're going to lose it. Yeah. I took the Packers. Uh-huh. Just saying. We, we will see. See, you, mean, you and all the other sheep going with the Lions. I, I mean, you know, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll see ultimately how it, uh, how it plays out. Uh, we've got to see how the red zone issues are going to play out for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into that coming up at 530. But next, John McClain. Talk some Texans, Steelers, J.J. Watt. And a lot of Astros. Next, here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Friday on R and R in the morning is chock full of goodness. Mike McCarthy shows up at 6:45. He got some splaining to do. R.J. Ochoa is going to be crying about 7:30. Then Marty Smith gets here at 8:30. Remember him? He was here for Wimby wearing those jorts. He knows college football as well. Now back to the Blitz, Jason and Joe at Golden Tee. Man, I cannot wait to see it. Oh, by the way, boys, thank you so much for my bourbon. I'm drinking some right now. Uh-huh. Sure you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, a nice birthday gift. What was that called? Four Roses? Four did, Roses. Did I tell you, a private did label. I tell you what I did? You asked me to bring it to him from the from the from Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I left it on in his spot in the studio with a note underneath it said happy birthday shelton you took all the <laughs> absolutely. For it. yeah but absolutely. Rob, even being an aggie knew that you weren't <laughs> buying him a bottle let alone a, an expensive bottle at that he's joe ryan Engle. i'm jason and it's out at slacker sports and arcade bar the north star location our big golden tee tournament coming up at six where you could win a spot into our golf tournament coming up on monday but let's talk some astros with the great John McClain joining us now in the Buyers Barricades guest line. You know, I mentioned this earlier in the show, John. That win last night by the Astros gives them an opportunity. I mean, that was such a critical victory for Houston to pull that one out. They were playing terribly. They went 2-7 and seven against the Royals and A's, both with more than 100 losses. They were awful at home, 39-43, and 43, and then... 42, and I'll tell you what, they go on the road, and that's good. They win two out of three at Seattle, the one last night. We calculated it was the biggest regular season victory since 2015 because now they control their destiny. The Seahawks, the Mariners lost. They do not. You know, the Rangers have a a two-and-a-half game lead. They got four at Seattle starting tonight. I think Texas is going to win that division. What a great job by Bruce Bochy to keep them from totally collapsing the way they did when uh, the Astros overtook them. And right now, the Mariners are on the outside looking in, but they've got four games at home. They could Maybe they sweep the Rangers. So any of them could win the division, not likely to be the Mariners because they would have to sweep. But all three of them could make the playoffs or the Blue Jays could sneak in. As I tell everybody, last year it was so boring. They were 50-something games over 500. You know, we were falling asleep waiting for the playoffs. And this time, everybody's on pins and needles every night. And that game last night, which Hector Neris went after his quote-unquote friend, 
Julio Rodriguez after striking him out. That was the third time they've had bench-clearing incidents against the M's this season. I tell you what, John, you know, when you're talking about the end of the baseball season like that, you're absolutely right. When you've got a pennant chase uh, like we had in the American League West, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I'm going to say that the Rangers, you know, they picked themselves back up when that San Antonio kid came back, Josh Young. That kid is playing super baseball, and I'm happy for the Rangers. Astros are going to have something to say about it, but happy for the Rangers. Young was the odds-on favorite to be voted Rookie of the Year until he got hurt and missed too many games, and they lost him and Jonah Heim, their catcher, at the same time. Heim came back quicker, and then their bullpen was historically bad. They seemed to have got it turned around. Hiring Bochy last offseason, I've wondered, you know, he was out three years. He won three World Series. Everybody thought he retired. Were other teams calling him and he said thanks but no thanks? Or did nobody call him and the Rangers just happened to be the only team? You know, it's funny. You know, he's a, he and Scott Service, the Astros' primary competition, are former backup quarterbacks, quarterbacks catchers for the Astros. <laughs> and they're very popular when they were here. Both have done really good jobs. Bochy better than Service, but Service has done a pretty darn good job with the Mariners. So it's so much fun. It's so interesting. Mariners on the tiebreaker over the Astros. Astros on the tiebreaker over the Rangers. Rangers over on the tiebreaker over the Mariners. It is just so balanced. It's interesting and fun, but excruciating if you're a fan. It's like it's a roller coaster. Well, it, it, it is, but, you know, like you said, it does make it uh, a lot of fun down the stretch. Now, you look at this weekend, you know, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into town to take on a Houston Texans team that looked incredible last week and getting their first win under Lovey Smith, beating the crap out of Jacksonville. Uh, Domingo Ryans, and uh, it was his first oh. victory, of course. And uh, people here love Lovey Smith, Smith now. <laughs> people love Lovey Smith. Everybody loves Lovey because he won that last game at Indianapolis. And he went for two and he got it. Cost him the first pick. Everybody hated him. And now, because they got C.J. Stroud, got stuck with him, they are ecstatic because Stroud has been tremendous. And uh, that Jacksonville, I, I got the spread right 20 points, but I got the wrong team. Now, the problem is, they losing another left tackle. They're on their third left tackle, third left guard, third center, third right tackle. And here comes T.J. Watt. Has six sacks already, more pressures than any in the league, and it could be ugly. Stroud's going to have to take one one step drops. But uh, they, if they didn't have the big issues up front, they might be able to run the ball. They can't run the ball worth squat because of what's happening in the offensive line because of injuries. Boy, I tell you what, that is a scary prospect to have a banged-up offensive line and have the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in. Now, isn't J.J. Watt being honored this weekend? Is there there's something going on with J.J. which makes that game that much more interesting, especially with his brother playing for the Steelers? Oh, it's big. He's been put in the ring of honor, second player behind Andre Johnson. His family's here, and uh, it's a halftime ceremony. He took out a full-page ad in the Houston Chronicles yesterday 
to thank the city. And so uh, he lives in Arizona because he's a lot. He can go places in Arizona where he couldn't go here because he's just so popular. And he and his wife and his son, Koa, they live out there, but they spend a lot of time here, still come back for charity things. He's still he's now doing that pregame uh, for CBS. And I don't know what he wants to do when he's ready to go back to work full-time. He wants to be there for his wife and his son. But when they – I've asked him to – most people don't even know that the windows in the press box open. They opened them for about 30 minutes the first year in 2002. We said it's too loud, too loud, close them. Well, I've asked him to open them for the ceremony because I want to be able to feel the atmosphere that's going on when they bring Watt out. And Steelers, I have a lot of fans here because they always do, but they're they're great fans. They'll be so respectful of J.J. Watt, and they'll give him a standing ovation too. You know, it's going to be interesting for for J.J. because I know how he feels about the Texans, the organization, the city of Houston, and he's getting honored, going into the ring of honor, but we all know damn well he's going to be rooting for his brother in the Steelers. Yeah, I think he'll be rooting for his brother, but he'll always pull for the Texans based on what he's said uh, because he has no allegiance to the Steelers other than TJ, and TJ's been fantastic. And uh, he and Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett are three best pass rushers in the NFL. And uh, so the family will probably be split. One of those things where you wear jerseys with one team on one side and one on the other, but uh, the fact they won that first game, got D'Amico his first victory, the atmosphere in Houston right now is electric. There's such a buzz because of J.J. Watt, the Texans, and, of course, the Astros. You know, John, I was going to ask you that. I know the fans are excited, and every, uh, we've got one here, James Pledger, who is our, our producer, and he's just been uh, you know on cloud nine all week. But what about the team? What did that win do for those players in that locker room? When new coaching staff comes in and they're preaching certain things, you want to win so the players will go, uh-huh, that's why we're doing this. Now, you can see injuries. They've had, Last week, they had three starters out in the secondary. They had four in the offensive line, eight out overall, including their leading tackler, and they played great against the Jaguars. I was shocked. I just didn't think they were capable of that, considering this is the third year of a rebuild, plus they had all those injuries, and they beat the Jags by 20 points. So people are believing, and seeing is believing, and they saw it now. Pittsburgh's won two in a row, and and they have two long touchdowns with Kenny Pickett, uh, but they're still struggling. And uh, they haven't run the ball like the Steelers want. Their defense is good. I picked the Steelers to win 20-17. to But uh, I'll tell you, there are fans here who are really unhappy, and that's because they pull for the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) And after last week's game in Arizona – uh, certainly understandable that Cowboy fans are unhappy. You know, you see it all the time. Uh, you know, every year, great teams just lay an egg. Um, is that the case for this Dallas Cowboys team, or maybe they're not as good as we all thought after those first two games? The thing that blew me away was the defense, the way the 
Cardinals ran the ball early. Josh with Dobbs, who's just a backup, looked like a legitimate starter. Sometimes it doesn't bother coaches, and they'll never say this. If something like that happens to get the players to refocus and the coaches say, see, I told you, they used to say read the press clippings. Now they'd have to say reading your your smartphone. And and I think that the Cowboys will come back and they will win big. And, uh, And they're still a really good team. But I think all those fans, including a bunch of my family in Waco, they were ready to get Super Bowl tickets if they could have afforded them, which they can't. And uh, now they've uh, tried to be a little more realistic. You know, John, that's a great point. I know you have to live with it. I have to live with one every day, too. And it, 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 isn't that the way it goes with Cowboy fans? You win a couple of games well, in Super Bowl yeah. round, then you lose one, and it's like, oh, no, here we go again. See, Joe's a, clo- uh, a Cowboy fan last week, not this week. He's, a, <laughs> he's one of those kind of Cowboy yeah, fans. Right. Joe's a front runner, in other words. <laughs> yes. Not that, you know, you needed that statement to realize that. But, yes, just uh, uh, to put a, an end to any kind of speculation, very much so. That's I'm a the, truth teller, John. Uh, front runner. The Cowboys got too much talent to play like that on a consistent basis. I'll guarantee you when they play a good team like Philadelphia, the NFC East right now, Washington and New York are okay but they're not in the same class as the Cowboys and the Eagles. How long do the Cowboys and Eagles have to wait till they play the first game? Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, the know? first big Yeah, well the first big test for them is uh week 5 against San Francisco. Yeah, that'll be a great one and probably could be a preview of the uh NFC Championship game if not the divisional round game. So, I can't wait to see that because 49ers got it going on. They can't not score 30 points. They've been so good. But I think all Dallas fans are worried, oh, my God, you know, we're we're back to where we were. No, that's not the case. Way, way too early to determine that. Yeah, and, the, and for the record, the Cowboys' first game against Philadelphia at Philly on Sunday, November 5th, and then the Eagles will be in at Dallas on Sunday night, December 10th on wow. Sunday night football. So nice. uh, we've got to wait till November and December for those Cowboys-Eagles games. Speaking of watching multiple games at once, John, uh, the Texans and Steelers play at noon. The Astros on the road at Arizona. That game starts Sunday afternoon at 2:10. What could be a very meaningful game. After the game, will the Texans allow post-game tailgating, if you will, so <laughs> fans can watch the game in the parking lot, or is it just get the hell out of here? We got to clean everything up and and move on. Yeah, they're not going to change their policy. And their policy is there's like an hour after the game, and you got to be gone. So if you want to watch the Astros, you're going to have to go home. And you're going to have to uh, watch it there or go to a sports bar because they're certainly not going to keep their <laughs> parking lots open. It's not their decision anyway. It's the, the the company that runs the complex. They're in charge. John McClain, who's in charge and going to have to buy a lot Always. of family Always. in Waco tickets to the uh, Super Bowl since the people in Waco can't afford it, but John can. Uh, he's on Twitter at McClain <laughs> underscore on underscore NFL. John, enjoy the weekend. Go Astros. Guys, thank you very much. I've got Astros columns and C.J. Stroud column on SportsRadio610.com, which is free, free, free. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Nice. John McClain uh, here on the Blitz on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond. We're live out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location, gearing up for a Golden Tee tournament that will start at uh, 6 o'clock. But Ryan Angle and Pledger have a little head-to-head battle that we're going to get into next for bragging rights here on 94.1 San Antonio. Sports star. Joe Reinagel, Jason Minix, The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the North Star location. What's up, Jason? Joe, Joe's got the wireless mic, so now he's walking around like he's in a club. Uh, t- <laughs> talk, t- uh, are you ready for the uh, Golden Tee Tournament? Pledge, you should pull up the uh, uh, YouTube on the uh, on your phone so we can actually watch some of this, those that are watching at SASportsStar.com. That's a great idea. Since, since you, have, great idea. you have the link. Cause, uh, Pledge and Joe, what's what's on the line here besides bracket well, right? Well, lunch is on the line. That's what I was just told. Now, I'm not sure what kind of lunch that we're talking about, but uh, I don't know if that's a Whataburger or is that a, you know, I don't know, a chicken fried steak with ketchup and gravy? I don't know. Anything like that could be. Well, it's not going to have ketchup and gravy, but I do like the chicken fried steak lunch. All right, so you guys are set up to play Golden Tea here at Slackers, right? Now, we're not going to take forever doing this. Uh, you guys have it all set up. Pledge, you picked the course just by spinning it and it landed. Where, what, what course are we not playing here? Baja Ria. All right, where is that? Probably. Yeah, all right, all right. All right, who's first? All right, all right. Joe is up. It's a par four, 451 yards. And he is uh, lining up for the golden tee as Pledge is trying to get the video together. He makes contact with the ball, and he clears the sand trap. That's a good first shot. That's a very good first shot for Joe Reinig. All right, Pledge, you're up. All right, Pledge. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what, what that is. Uh, Joe, how were you feeling about that first shot? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, I hit that thing about 450 yards. You know what I mean? Dude, Pledge is trying to figure out what freaking hat he wants to wear here. Just hit the damn ball. We're, 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 we're like on, in a hurry here. We're on live radio. Right? Yes. Let's go. Yes. You know what that's like, don't you? That's the outfit you picked? Travis Kelsey would certainly approve of that. All right, here we go. Uh... His first day, it looks like he shanked it way up in the air, and he is uh, not, I don't know, man. It looks like it's in the sand, but he's in the rough, in the rough over there. All right, second shot, James Pledger in the ugliest red pants the computer could find him is ready for his second shot. Pledge is playing like he's under a lot of pressure, but that second shot is good right up there on the green in two. So Joe Reinagle, 124 yards away. His second shot on this par four as we go Jim Nance here. Nice shot, looking good, and he's going to drop that one. Oh, rolls back behind James Pledger's ball. All right, so Reinagle is up for the putt. And he sinks the putt, gets a nice birdie on the first hole. All right. So James Pledger needs a birdie shot here to stay even with Joe through one as we are in our 
golf tournament. Apparently, we are now streaming it live at sasportstar.com on our YouTube channel. And an easy putt for James Pledger. And they both birdie the first hole. All right, let's go to hole number two. Lunch on the line here at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar. Now, you want to come play in the Golden Tee Tournament? These guys are battling for lunch. You could win a foursome into our golf tournament that is coming up on Monday out at Olympia Hills. Uh, we do have a couple of teams available, sasportstar.com, as Joe's second shot. Uh, that's, a, that's a good shot on hold number two right up there on the green. Pledge, put your phone away, sir, and let's play golf. Oh, is that what he's doing over there? I thought he was checking his uh, direct messages to see if anybody had commented on those red pants that he decided to wear here on the uh, video game here as we play Golden Tee. So it's a 266-yard par four. Joe's first shot right up on the green. Pledger, uh, he's in the rough again. Not the best shot, but it's certainly playable. Pledge has good short game here, so he should be able to be in good shape for a good birdie opportunity. Second shot. Oh, he totally. Yeah, shot shot three. He's, he's playing like Jason Minix over here. What the hell? What the hell was that, James Pledger? Oh, that was awful. That was an awful shot, obviously. All right, and Ryan Eagle. Gets an eagle on his second shot. Pledge drives this one past the hole. Uh, what was this, par four? What did you get, a six? You get a six? What, what was the official score? Just a bogey? Huh. Well, I got, got one more hole. Pledge in the lead. Although I think if you get a good shot here, Joe. All right, what did I say? Ryan Eagle in the lead? I was just seeing if you were paying attention, Joe. <laughs> rare, most of the time, you're not. All right. Woo. Well, nice shot near the pin, but it rolls back. So par three here, 121 yards. James Pledger needs one hell of a shot here to stay in contention in this three-hole battle with Joe Reinagle. Oh, you think he's going to get a hole in one, says Joe Reinagle. He puts it very close, but again, it rolls back too. All right, it was a good-looking shot, but I don't know if he can overcome the disaster on a, the second hole as Ryan Eagle gets his third straight birdie. Pledger steps up. He hits a birdie. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, four under to one under in three holes, a three-stroke win for Joe Ryan Eagle. Pledge, you should be freaking embarrassed, man. That was pathetic. I mean, I am embarrassed. I mean, I spent half of the game trying to get this set up on StreamYard. Oh, that sounds like excuses. That, that, that sounds like you're, this is the point where you walk over and get the headphones okay. so we can do a good transition while I interview the loser here. Uh, James, man, that, you, you, you're sounding like you're making excuses here. You said you were going to kick his ass. I did. Uh, and... and uh, you got your ass kicked, man. You know, Pledge sounds, Pledge sounds a lot like the Dallas Cowboys, doesn't he? Gee, wow, we didn't have our offensive linemen, you know, with this, with that. Pledge, you got your ass kicked, buddy. I mean, we were. I was the better player. Oh, yeah, okay. That's it. Uh, James. James. Dude. You need to leave, go back to the studio, get ready for extra innings with Pledge. You've lost the opportunity to hang out here at Slackers on National Drink of Beer Day. 
Dude, I was four under through three holes. I mean, you know, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, you play. You play. Anybody well. else? Yeah, you play. Don't be a bragger, dude. Hey, <laughs> take your win. Uh, next week, James gets to take us all to lunch. Yeah. See, that's the best part of this thing. I'm getting a free lunch regardless. So how, I'm happy. How do you get a free lunch? Uh, uh, well, because I'm going to lunch with you guys, and somebody else is picking up the tab. Is how that works. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, I'm the smartest one here. Uh, I had a great time. I, I, I was gonna win either way. Heads I win, tails you lose. You know, somebody had to shut pledge up and i just did you did bragging rights you get to brag all about it and tell everybody all about it yeah yeah uh, on your extra innings with pleasure you know i was still the better player yeah uh, yeah james yeah i can't james. hear you pledge james, james. i can't we're, hear we're you. professional radio people here you don't have a microphone <laughs> uh extra innings with james pledger is coming up in a bit although quite honestly i don't know how james survives that it's one thing to lose, but to have that disastrous second hole that where was I accurately described his second hole as if Jason Minnix was playing. I mean, that was Minnix quality golf on a real golf course. On Golden Tee, I'm not that bad. Um, the way James was playing, I would have beat him at Golden Tee. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, he's been talking a lot of trash and... Uh well, you know that's what happens to these youngsters. Sometimes you just got to put them in their place. So is that is that? Are you, Sometimes you, you got to do that. You, you feel, and the fact that you're going to get a chicken fried steak and ruin it with ketchup, ketchup is, and gravy is, you know, and again, I mean, he immediately started with the excuses. You immediately, like low hanging fruit, said you sound like the Dallas Cowboys without three <laughs> offensive linemen. But when you think about it, you know. Stephen Jones earlier today when he was on the Blitz, as he is every Thursday, talked about issues in the red zone. And it's not as much play calling or execution. It's the negative plays that they take in the red zone that they're not able to overcome. You know, I think it, whenever you look at something, it's, it's everything. It's execution. It's play calling. It's, it's uh, you know, your strategies. Everything that can go into that, uh, you take a look at. But, uh you know, sometimes you can read too much into things. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, no one ever makes an excuse because everybody deals with injuries. But, of course, uh, you know, offensively in the red zone, we were, you know, we were without three of our uh, top five offensive linemen. And actually, Tyler was just coming back for his first game after not uh, being able to do a lot for three or four weeks with the hamstring. So, you know, there's a lot of things to look at there, a lot of things to unpack. But at the same time, we're really good that, uh, you know, it's certainly something that uh, we think that we can remedy in quick order. You know, that's uh, – Stephen just spit that, well, you know, we were out of three offensive linemen, and, and it does make a difference. I'm not saying it doesn't. However, the, what he said before is, look, everybody deals with that. The Houston Texans, for goodness sake, scored 37 points with nobody blocking anybody. Well, I, I mean, and again, I think that that example just comes back to any given Sunday, right? Because, you know, that same offense with injuries on the offensive line couldn't do, almost said a bad word, anything <laughs> against the Indianapolis Colts, right? That's uh, true, yes. I, I mean, and then you see what they do to the Jacksonville Jaguars when uh, they were heavy underdogs. And, you know, the Cardinals, heavy underdogs to the Cowboys, 
still pro athletes they went out there and they made statements and it's not just the three offensive linemen too i i think you know it's it's fair reason excuse as he said we're not making excuses and you know as soon as you hear that you're about to hear one right but reason or excuses uh but also you're without three offensive linemen two of which are going to have gold jackets soon and one offensive lineman that was playing his first game so you know you think about no preseason and you're getting in there um and again it is an excuse it's a valid one it's a reason but it can't happen but it's interesting because you know we've spent a week talking about whether it's the play calling or the execution the uh maybe lack of trust in Dak. but i do think we need to look more into when they had a negative play in the red zone and then were they able to recover from that that might be the bigger part of the red zone issues that nobody is talking about until we heard Stephen jones mention it no no it's true yeah that's absolutely true i was uh, expecting Stephen. yeah um but uh, uh <laughs> that's a that's a huge problem and and you're right it changes everything it changes the the play calls it changes how you operate it changes everything penalties were a big problem and and i think cowboy fans look at those penalties and go oh no because look that has been a constant mm-hmm. since mike mccarthy got to to dallas and it's weird because it's not week in and week out but it seems like when they get one there's another one, there's another one, there's right, another one, right. and, and it just snowballs on, on certain games, and I don't give a damn At the what worst the, times. And I don't give a damn what the officiating crew is. I know you study that stuff, and maybe because you do study it and you warned your team, they were, I don't know, per, ready for the bad call. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, did that get in their head that everything was going to get called and you're thinking about that? I, I don't know, but... It does seem like when they start getting the flags flying their way, man, they don't stop, and the players can't seem to figure out, especially the pre-snap penalties, how to hold their water. Yeah, that's and it, they they seem to happen in the most inopportune times, and that's a problem. The Cowboys have got to fix that. Look, they got New England. I I I expect the Cowboys to come back and win this football game, but then you're talking about a gauntlet. Right, you got at San Francisco, then you're at the Chargers, both of those games, and you know Kellen Moore has got that one circled. He wants to put up about fifty mm-hmm. in that ball game against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So it's 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 get it's, the schedule's gonna get nothing but harder from here on out. And the Cowboys have got to figure it out. You cannot commit penalties like that. I mean, they know that because they did it in the playoffs and it killed them mm-hmm. along with turnovers. But this week, New England, a well-disciplined, well-coached team. Not the best team out there by any stretch, but you know that New England isn't going to make a bunch of the dumb mental mistakes and shoot themselves no. in the foot, or at least you don't expect that from a New England team. What you do expect from the Blitz every Thursday about this time is our ability to judge your meat. <laughs> Grilling with the Blitz, presented by Tri-County Meat Market. Yeah, we ask you every week if you've done some grilling, make sure you upload those photos at sasportstar.com. And and we really like it when you give us a good recipe to go along with it. A lot of great entries this week, Joe. But you and I were both looking at a Sunday tri-tip that got submitted by Zachary. Now, I'll be honest with you, true transparency. We're looking at this thing, and I say, well, I wonder why he did that in between, right? 
Well, that's that's part of it because he writes he two hours on the smoker at 250, pulled it off, and then he wrapped it in foil for 15 minutes, and then unwrapped it, put it back in the smoker at 500 for five minutes per side, um, and then you you know let it rest for 10 minutes and. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pellet smoker guy when it comes to something like this. Yeah. I, I, you know, you pulled it off, put it in foil to try to get your your smoker up to 500. Um, wrapping it in foil to steam it, it just doesn't seem like you're doing much for that 15 minutes except using foil. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. You know, once you go in and you sear it on, on e- each side, that's sucking all those juices back in there. I'm curious about that aspect of it. Well, we'd like to know. Either way, he gets to go get another tri-tip if he wants, and he can do it again. Yeah, because he just won himself $50 to a Tri-County Meat Market's Hebner Road location. You're doing grilling this weekend. You know you're taking pictures of what's on your grill. Upload those photos at sasportstar.com. You know, the other thing we do every Thursday is we like to make sure you know what's going on this weekend. We call it What's on Tap. The Blitz wants you to know what's on tap. Presented by Sam's Burger Joint. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. Go to samsburgerjoint.com to get your tickets to the show. See their full schedule. Check out that menu. Uh, Tonight you have Tyrone Vaughn on the stage. Tomorrow night, Frontline Assembly. On Saturday, a Rage Against the Machine tribute band called Testify. Um, next week, they got the Mo Robinson Band playing on a Wednesday night. Ah, that'll be awesome. Well, tonight out at the SB, you got Small Town Habit presents Stories and Songs and Chico Bean at the LOL Comedy Club. Tomorrow night, Becky G is at the Majestic oh, Theater at the Shirley McCombs Empire Theater. Brad Upton is out there. Y'all Out Boy is at Smoke Downtown. That's a uh, cover band. Y'all. Y'all. Boy, I don't Uh know how that makes the list. Uh, (laughs) Jurassic Quest is at Freeman Coliseum. You also have Depeche Mode playing at the Moody Center on Friday night. Lee Bryce is out at Floors Country Store. Lee Bryce, big-time country singer. We gave away an autographed guitar uh, last week when we were out with our friends from Yingling. We did, and so enjoy that. Now, Alejandro Fernandez is out at the Frost Bank Center. Forgive my ignorance, but if he's at the Frost Bank Center, he's big. He's a big deal, right? Jurassic Quest at Freeman Coliseum. What else do we have here? We got Daly and Vincent at the Charlene McCombs Theater. Um, Floors Country Store on Saturday night, Colby Cooper. And then you always go out to Green Hall for a little good country music. Brandy Clark and Lori McKenna. On, uh, so where are we at? Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Let's see. Jurassic Quest still out at Freeman Coliseum. Russell Peters out at the Majestic Theater. Grouchy like Riley is out at Green Hall. And then Monday night, hey, Paper Tiger RC Drive. And the Rock Box is that Dive or Deve or what is it? At the Rock Box? How would you say that? D-I-I-V? Uh, you got Mondays, man. I got Tuesday where Suicide <laughs> Boy is going to be out at Frost Bank Center. And then you start looking ahead next week. ACL gets underway up there in Austin, which is going to be a lot of fun next Saturday night. Dude, I just want to know what Freeman calls that Jurassic Quest. Is that like dinosaurs and I stuff? I have no idea. It sounds like a dinosaur show. I mean, you can literally Google it. If you know about it, great. If you're curious about it, Google it. All right, but Google it. But at least it. now you know that it's, do- uh, that it's happening. That's why we do uh, 
What's on Tap brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint online at samsburgerjoint.com. Don't forget Mike McCarthy on with Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning. Brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. And then tomorrow afternoon, the Blitz with Joe is going to be... Uh, 1604 in Blanco. Round table pizza. Round table pizza That's from right. two to six. You get to go to a pizza place while I'm sitting at a high school stadium. You get to eat those corn chips with chili on them, and I get to eat a round thing with cheese and uh, something. And cold beer. Yeah. And you're speaking of cold beer. It's, it's time. Nas- it's National Drink Beer Day. So it's time for us to have one. Well, and you get a victory beer after Next kicking day. James Pledger's ass in golden tea. <laughs> He has licked his wounds. He will sulk and make excuses on extra innings with Pledge next here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.